We should be live if everything is working properly. Let's get it. WrestleMania 37 Super Show. You love to see it. Kevin, how's it going? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing good. I'm excited for this because, I mean, you went to the show. I watched it from home on the WWE Network. So we're going to have plenty to talk about for this video. It's just, it's going to be too much fun. Legit. Yeah, I mean, I went, I went to both nights, bro. It's crazy. It was like That's... craziness, you know. It's not. It's better than sitting through one eight-hour show on a Sunday. It's definitely better having it spaced out through two nights, just from like oh, a live yeah. event perspective. But you know, from every other perspective, yeah. maybe it's not better. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, legit. I mean, we'll wait for people to file in and whatnot. There's plenty of stuff to go through for this because legit, two big nights of wrestling, pal. I mean. My God, like, uh, also, real quick, I think we'll get this out of the way. Kevin, walk us through your day, because, I mean, you were at the show last night. Just walk us through how your day's been, Kevin. So, immediately following the show, like, right after the fireworks go off, Roman's posing with the title, we leave, we get in the car, we're driving about three hours, all through the middle of the night from Tampa down to where I live, and, you know, yeah, that, that was fun. I get in, go to sleep immediately, back up at eight o'clock, and then I'm in physical therapy, and then just oh, running, running errands, and this is my first time pretty much being home. After it just everything happens so quick, you know, there's really no time to process it all. Yeah, honestly, sounds wild, like legit. I mean, did that main event? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Don't you worry, but. Yeah, my God. On top of that, every night in Tampa, I was roaming the nightclubs and the bars, you know. <laughs> so there was no, not a lot of sleep. And then get back to the hotel, have some more alcohol. So there was not a lot of sleep in my in my forecast. Jesus. Also, Kevin, quick question. When's the vlog coming out? Because I've had several people message me about your vlog. So I'm curious to ask, <laughs> when's the vlog coming out? I'm going to try to get it out tomorrow. Uh, I should have nothing to do to, tomorrow. So I should be able to get it out tomorrow. I just have to sort Kevin, through all this footage. I have so much footage, bro. I have like two hours worth of footage. Can we look forward to some great Miz content in your uh, in your rants and on your vlog, Kevin? Absolutely. I, I gave just a sneak peek. What I posted on Twitter, that is a sneak peek of the, of the content that I have for this vlog. I still have so much more Miz content, if you can believe that. That's going to be fantastic. Legit. I don't know, like the, the whole week itself, I think just generally speaking, as a WrestleMania week, I thought they did, a, like, just WWE in general did a really good job. Like, that's what I think. I mean, what do you think? Like, Absolutely. I, I didn't see any of Wrestle, WrestleMania SmackDown because I was in the car. I didn't get to yeah. my hotel until, like, after that show ended. So I didn't see any of it. But from what I saw online, that it was a pretty good show. I go, what, 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 how was the WrestleMania SmackDown? Just give me, like, a quick synopsis on that. Okay, essentially, we had a promo from Daniel Bryan, a promo from Edge, and a promo from Roman Reigns. Bryan's promo was solid. Edge's promo was god-tier, just simply amazing. And then Reigns' promo was damn good. He literally said, I'm going to lay them both out and pin them both. And he, you know, that was a spoiler, apparently. So that was good. Jey Uso won the Battle Royal. So that's awesome to see main event Jay getting a, an achievement. Baron Corbin didn't win it, Kevin, so... We can all be happy about that. You got, you and, gotta, you gotta um, say Jay Uso the way you say it, though. You gotta, you oh, gotta do that. Jay Uso won the battle go. royal, which that was glorious to see. And um, the Dirty Dogs retained the tag titles, which I didn't watch the match, so I can't give any analysis there. Um, <laughs> the Dirty Dogs. 
<laughs> the dirty dogs. What an absolute joke. But yeah, legit. I'm just finalizing the uh, the stream. There we go. So we'll wait for a couple more people to file in, and we should be able to get underway with our full WrestleMania Super Show. This is going to be a blast. Absolutely. But... Yeah, I, I, I'll give you just a little tidbit of the nightlife in Tampa while, while we're doing this. So I, I was at a I was at a Rocco's Tacos, which is just, it's a basic, like, it's a basic, like, bar and taco chain. There's a bunch of them. And at this particular Rocco's Tacos, they had a DJ. And I was just like, okay, this is, like, next level, you know. You have a restaurant with a DJ in you. Like, why does a restaurant need a DJ? So there's no club. There's no dance floor. I was like, okay, we're in for something here. You know, there's there's breweries everywhere. Every other corner has a brewery. Oh, it's a great it's a great city. Jeez, it it, it does sound lit. I mean, honestly, like. Oh yeah, it's a great college town. There's a, there's like three major universities in the in the nearby vicinity. Yeah, uh, full cell university there, John. <laughs> Oh wow! Oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh, we are live for full sale, pal. Wow. Yeah. Also in the chat, Raylar BFB. No Australian people on Mania. Just what? What? <laughs> Rhea Ripley was there. My favorite wrestler, Rhea Ripley, was there. But nonetheless, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Currently, yeah. Share, share around the link to the stream. We're gonna try and get as many people in this as we can. This is our like. It's a bit of a raw pre-show, but at the same time, we're gonna be going you know, head to head against Monday Night Raw for a little bit. So, you know, when, Monday Night Wars, pal. Yes, sir. Did you tweet out that we're live? Probably should get onto that, Kevin. But yeah, I think while I do that, just yeah, well, I think we'll both do that, and then we'll be fit and ready to go to uh, cover all things WrestleMania 37. But like, I've had number like a bunch of people demand I review both nights, so I guess I'm giving the people what they want. I'm sure you're the same. Um, Absolutely. Jesus. I've had one guy literally, like literally on your video, the the Mizzen, no, it was, I think it was a Bad Bunny one. One of the videos you did on your channel, I commented going, ah, Marl. And then someone replies going, where's your WrestleMania review? I want it now. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> bruh. bruh. So that's a thing, apparently. Yeah, um, you got you to gotta review WrestleMania, pal. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. True. Uh, but realistically, what, what I do with my channel, just to give some people an insight, is I do those, like, I did one reaction, three-minute video each night, so that way, you, you you don't know what I'm really thinking about the whole show, and I'll make you want to see Elite Heat. Just marketing 101, pal. Absolutely. You know? You'd love to see it, pal. Yes, sir. Marketing 101. Yeah. yeah, I put up a little clip of Logan Paul getting destroyed. That's a, That's always easy content. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was just like, yeah, I probably could do that, but, you know, I'll let other people do it. <laughs> I saw Alexa Bliss with the, the goo. I was like, that is gold. That is ratings. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. That's hilarious, bro. The, the goo. She had Randy Orton's goo on her face. That's you so should have seen... You should, oh, my God. All the, like, the Brian Alvarez types on Twitter were just, oh, it was unbearable, Kevin. It I can imagine. I, I oh, saw JD's rant about it. I was like, bro, come on. <laughs> like what? What, what yeah, do you, you want to have Goldberg squash people? Is that what you'd rather have? Like, come on, bro. No, but they want. No, you. We'll get it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So I think now we we've been live for a little bit. I think we're ready to uh, kind of just get into this. So I think I'll, I'll ask you, Kevin, as someone who attended the show, what what was it like? Just just walk us through what attending WrestleMania 37 was like, just generally speaking. It, it was emotional. I'm not gonna lie. It was pretty emotional. Like at the beginning of it. Because there was like it was just such a, a wild, crazy ride. Because you know you get in there, we get in there like five thirty, get through the gate, 
And then they're like, oh, we can't have anybody at the seats. We're in a well, you know, we have shelter, we have a weather delay, whatever. <clears throat> and then the kid during the kickoff show, it's like it's pouring. There's like heavy wind. And then there's there's talks of like, oh, they might not start the show on time. And then it's like seven, whatever, like seven forty nine, like ten minutes before showtime. And they're like, oh, everybody to their seats. And we get this big emotional intro. We get the wrestlers out on the stage. We get Vince out there doing the whole welcome to WrestleMania and, and thanking everybody for being patient for the pandemic. And it was just crazy. And then they're like, oh, uh, by the way, there's lightning in the area. Everybody back to this. Everybody back to shelter. And that's like 8.01 p.m., like right at start time. I'm like, bro. And then to finally have Drew McIntyre make his entrance, it was emotional. So, yeah, with that being said, it was just emotional. Just a, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it, it was great to watch live. Like, I couldn't imagine actually being there because how they did it on like the network and Peacock, essentially, they didn't show like in the arena really at all for like the last like 30 minutes before the show went live. So legit, all we had was the kickoff panel, which was JBL, <laughs> P. Rosenberg, Jerry Lawler, Puppies, uh, Booker <laughs> T. And then we had, I think, Charlie Caruso Braxton. So that was good. Um, the panel was pretty dead. And we, you could hear just cheering in the background. So, I mean, that, that was good fun. JBL was the highlight of the kickoff panel, legit. He, he's just too good. Like, anything he says, he's just bullying Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> no one cares, Peter. Just too much fun. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was the kickoff panel. The, the, the panel started with the crowd chanting for JBL. And then I think there was a CM Punk chant as well, which... The wrestling community never changes, Kevin, I swear. But No, there was another CM Punk chant. I don't know I don't know if they caught this at Peacock, but there was another CM Punk chant that we'll talk about later on. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I think... I, I think we... Do you want to go through this, like, bit by bit and, you know, go through night one first and night two? Do you want to go just the biggest talking points in general and we'll work through it? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's just start from the beginning. Might as well. Easy. Easy. I mean, you, you kind of talked about it there. Vince McMahon comes out. You've got all the wrestlers on the stage like, i mean you kind of talked about it there but like you said it's emotional like what's it really like when you're, you're there watching that live like that must be sick it was it was really cool seeing all the wrestlers come out take a bow everybody's making noise and it just it felt normal again like life felt normal you know like we haven't been able to do anything in a year there's been no there's been no live events no concerts no sporting events whatever you want to call it there's some sporting events now with fans but it's not the same as wrestling, you know, it's a different kind of environment. It's more active, more participation. And it was just crazy. It really was emotional. Because you had Vince out there giving this heartfelt speech. And it was like, uh, we hardly ever get to see Vince. So when they announced, oh, Vince McMahon's coming out. Everybody started cheering. The no chance in hell hits. And it was just an eruption. Yeah, it was, man, that was a really great moment. Yeah, it's always great to see Mac Daddy out in person. Legit, he's Vince is just a different breed. Like I, I, I was tweeting this out. I'm like, God bless Vince McMahon. I love you, Vince McMahon. Like Vince. Also, I found this hilarious. Like watching that because uh, you could see the way they set it up. Like where people were standing, you could kind of tell their like importance in the company. So you had Vince in like front and center because it's his company, and literally two Vinces left. The person who's right next to him is Roman Reigns. And then Vince's own son, Shane, is like two people away from him. I found that <laughs> hilarious. Like, Vince McMahon like, loves Roman Reigns more than his own son, Shane. That, uh, I gotta it, that. it was like That's Shane together. was too busy doing his little dance around the stage to really care about what was going on. You know, Shane was just all in his own, in his own little world right there. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk all about Shane, but yeah, I mean, that, that moment was sick. Seeing, seeing, like, you know, Rhea Ripley was crying. That picture mm-hmm. circulated around Twitter a bunch. You had everyone out there. Edge was standing next to Randy Orton, like... 
so much about that whole moment was just like it was like feels you know it was so sick it was yeah yeah that's the only way to describe it it was feels it was like wow we're back you know like like I, you take things for granted like there was there'd be times where oh you know wwe's coming to locally for live events like oh, i'll catch it next time now i don't know if i'll ever have that same attitude you know like any any chance i get to go to a live event if it's near me i'm gonna go you know yeah legit i just they absolutely nailed the beginning to like wrestlemania that whole that whole thing they do to start the show having vince being like hey, welcome to wrestlemania like perfect too perfect too perfect and then i guess we go from that and then there's the, like the intro video is what it is really not really much to say and then kevin walk us through the weather delay because you <laughs> oh were there what, what was that like oh that was such a it was such a buzzkill it really was. It was like, oh, okay, we're gonna get the like, we're gonna get the first match, and we're gonna get Hulk Hogan's music's gonna hit. No, we just get a generic commentator just being like, "Yep, we got weather in near Raymond James Stadium. Everybody needs to seek shelter inside the arena, please." And I'm just like, "Bro, come on. We just got this big intro, got everybody riding high." But then I think in the long run it paid off because people were so anxiously awaiting that opening match because the opening match was McIntyre and Lashley, so everybody was waiting for that match. The anticipation builds and builds and builds. And I'm sitting in the back of the arena somewhere trying to find a seat because, you know, I'm, like, handicapped still. So I'm sitting down, and I'm, like, I'm just, I, I see out the corner of my eye on one of the TVs by the concession stand. They're running the graphic for McIntyre and Lashley. I'm, like, oh, we got to get to our seats. So I'm, like, limping to my seat, trying to get there as quick as possible, you know, and just made it just in time. And then when McIntyre's music hit, it was, like, goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It's, like, the first live reaction the first theme song hitting in front of a live crowd it was crazy and then mcintyre with his badass entrance i think drew mcintyre has an all-time great entrance already like seeing it live just put it over the top for me yeah and i think before like i'll really go in depth that i just want to really quickly talk about like the like the 20 minutes of weather delay i mean you talk about your experience there but i'm sitting at home watching this it was a 35 minute weather delay i counted it was 35 minutes jesus christ (laughs) Yeah, you could tell it was just panic stations. WWE were just throwing whatever they could out there. Like, having Michael Cole and Samoa Joe in ponchos <laughs> and standing at ringside. And then they're like, oh, oh, Byron, oh, 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 Byron Saxon is uh, not with us at the moment. His uh, microphones aren't working. Like, stuff like that. And then you go backstage and you've got these random wrestlers doing impromptu interviews. And some of them, you can tell, were not comfortable at all. Like, it was really funny. Some of them are naturals, but... I don't know. So we, we, we skipped the weather delay, unless you want to elaborate on a 30... How long How long was it again, Kevin? How long 35 minutes. Exactly a 35-minute delay. It was... Wow. To the, to it, the it's team. such a weird way to start the show. Like, as you say, it was so hyped. You have Vince McMahon, welcome to WrestleMania. And then 35 minutes of a delay. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was really... It was like a long 35 minutes. It was. It really was. And I'm freezing... I'm trying to get it. I need to get a new shirt because it's been raining for like three hours. I got soaked going into the arena. I'm cold out of my mind. Like, get, there's this cold wind. Like, when, when Florida weather's ugly, it's ugly. You know, most of 80% of the time it's great, but when it's ugly, it's ugly. And it's nothing really new for me. I mean, I live there. A lot of people are freaking out, but I've done worse things in the rain, so I didn't really care. But I was just trying to get a new shirt so I didn't get sick. Yeah, well, I mean, at least the show like, went on. Like, people during the day on Twitter were literally. In the hours before having a freak out, oh my god, WrestleMania is going to be cancelled, man. It's like, oh, they're going to cancel it for a bit of rain. Oh, wow. Like, Never that. They, would, they wouldn't do WrestleManias in Florida if they were scared of a little rain. Legit. They pushed through WrestleMania last year in the middle of the height of a global pandemic when everyone was saying, don't do it. Like, You think they're going to stop because of a bit of rain? 
Yeah. Ah, Twitter, dude. This is, these, these are the same people who are legitimately crying over Kyle O'Reilly having a seizure when he just didn't. But nonetheless, um, we move on with the show. You talked about Drew's entrance there. Drew Lashley, WWE title opens. What a match. Like, yeah. Wow. They set the tone, all right. Drew McIntyre was right when he said on Twitter that they were going to set the pace for night one, and they did. They definitely did. That That's an all-time great opening match in WrestleMania history. I don't care how, how, any, how you put it. It was good. It was really good. It, it was sick. And, like, I, I was expecting them to have either Baron Corbin involved somehow, having Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin involved, MVP to be heavily involved. None of that really happened. It was just these two larger-than-life beasts going at it for, like, 15 minutes. It was great. You know, like, the match itself was booked perfectly, I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that there was no outside interference. Aside from uh, it was a little bit of shenanigans with MVP, if I remember correctly, but not too much. I don't know if there was any. But, yeah, like, it was just... I was shocked by the finish. I was just... I was shocked. I thought for sure Drew McIntyre was going to win. The crowd was reacting the right way. As you would expect, people. I thought people were going to boo McIntyre out of the building, but no, he was getting cheered. People were booing Lashley for the most part. Uh, I was just really, I was glad that that was the case because you know, you know how it, how it is with wrestling fans. You never know what you're going to get. Oh god, yeah. But people yeah, were the, solidly behind McIntyre. Yeah, the reactions. I want to say, I, I was generally speaking pretty damn happy with how the people reacted. Like throughout the two nights, I thought that that, that was something which, oh, God forbid, I was hoping these these fans who are in attendance didn't just hijack the show by reacting to people in a way that they really shouldn't per kayfabe. But, I mean, they played it well. McIntyre got a really good, you know, fairly damn positive reaction. Lashley got a generally negative reaction, which, as he should, because he's the heel. Like, it it worked out well. So, in that regard, when they did the finish for the opening match of night one with Drew and Lashley, it was sick. It was surprising. Like, I mean, I don't know about you exactly, but when when the finish happened... And Drew passes out, and the ref, you know, calls the calls the bell. I was like, "Oh damn, they, 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 Drew just lost!" Wow, like, Man, okay, I was going sick. crazy. I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" The Almighty Ray continues. Like, I was glad because, like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking forward to another eight months of McIntyre beating heels on Raw every week. I just we've we've seen we've been there, done that. Like McIntyre can benefit from chasing a good heel like Lashley for a while. Yeah, and like, because that's the thing. Like, if Drew won this match, where does Drew go? I mean, I talked about this in my preview. You, you basically did as well. If Drew won the title, hypothetically, a pay per view or two against Braun Strowman, a pay per view or two against Baron Corbin, a pay per view or two against Lashley, like, is that really stuff that people are going to tune into a three hour Raw to see? And the answer is no. So Lashley wins. So many more possibilities. Kevin, I'll ask you do you think we're going to get Lashley versus Lesnar at SummerSlam? Oh, I hope so. Oh, my God. I really do. I hope so. And I hope SummerSlam has fans. And I hope that that is the main event match. Because that is, like, that is a dream match. That's one of the few dream matches that we can possibly get that's left. And that, I mean, that would be amazing. Like, I would love to see maybe Brock take the title away from Lashley and then build up McIntyre uh, Lesnar, the rematch, at WrestleMania, what, 38? That would be amazing. Oh, God, yeah. I think that'd be sick. And, like, we'll talk about, towards the end of this, potential, like, shake-ups they can do for, like, Raw and SmackDown going forward. But, like, at the moment, with the Raw roster as presently constructed, like, who's Lashley going to face as champion? I think maybe... Like, you're going to bring Keith Lee in and have him yeah. fight Lashley? Drew in a rematch of Backlash, probably? Yep. Damian Priest? Um, yeah, Priest. That's, he's better than anyone at the moment. I think that'd be great for him. So, 
yeah, generally speaking, also real quick in chat, spam W's if you want to see Lashley versus Lesnar. Spam the W's. Absolutely. And also hit the like spam those W's. Give us the likes. We need all the likes, pal. Damn, pal. Yeah, so, I mean, anything else to say about this opening match? If I had to give this a rating, I'd give it four and a quarter out of five. I thought just overall really good. Yeah, yeah, I'd give it, I would say the same, four, four and a quarter. Uh, now, one thing I'll say is that this match shows the simplicity of wrestling when it's at its finest. Like, there was one flip when Drew McIntyre did the dive over the top rope. There was nothing too crazy about this. Lashley did a couple suplexes. McIntyre was, you know, he did his, his moveset. This match was all about feeling up to the crowd, feeling on the crowd, feeling what the reaction is going to be. And it was a lot of McIntyre going for his Claymore kick. He couldn't get it. And then he finally got it. And then whatever. And then and then Lashley going for the, the hurt lock. It was a lot of just psychology and a really good match. It was a really it was, it was a main event match that went on first. Like realistically, that could have main evented either night. And oh, I'm, God, gl- yeah. I'm glad that it God, went yeah. on first. Also, yeah. yeah, that McIntyre. We'll talk about that real quick. He's like suicide dive. He went he went over the top, and then he literally landed just back first on the floor, hardly connected with anyone. It was just like, oh, that must have felt terrible. But yeah, great storytelling, great psychology. CR21 says that uh, Finn Balor should debut tonight and challenge Lashley because he's a believable challenger. CR no, so. Um, did did he thing, beat Lashley at WrestleMania though? Right, Finn beat Lashley at like thirty five. Let's, um, let's, let's let's pretend that didn't. Um, <laughs> that was the same Bobby Lashley who was in the Three Sisters in the, uh, the Rusev storyline. So we can move on from that. Um, now I guess I mean we're going to talk about your favorite favorite match of the weekend, Kevin. Oh, yeah. The women's tag team oh, yeah. turmoil. <laughs> oh God, I, I genuinely felt bad for all the performers involved. Right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be careful how I say this. I'm gonna tiptoe around it, but. Like, if you put the writing team from, like, the 2000s and you just teleport them into the 2021 era with all the PC culture and social media and you take the mindset of every story, every match needs a story, everything needs a character, this would have been different. It would have been just a tag team match. Like, it would have been the Riot Squad versus Tamina and Natalya and they would have done some crazy story, you know, like, they would have did something where, like, Natty's doing a TikTok and Liv Morgan attacks her mid-TikTok or something like that. But instead, it's like, oh, we got to get all the performers on the card, and we're going to showcase their athleticism. We're going to showcase the moveset, the work rate that they can do. And in turn, what you get is a bunch of people sitting on their hands because they want to see something hype. They don't want to see Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot doing, like, roll-ups and monkey flips. You know, I hate to say it like that, but people want to see a story. They want to cheer for people. And you have these ladies that have not been on TV very much, and it's just like, oh, here. We're going to get everyone on the card. We're going to get everyone paid. And you can see it. The, the crowd was flat. And I felt bad for the performers because it's not their fault. They're not the ones booking it. You know, they went out there and did their best. They did their moveset that, you know, people on Twitter are clamoring for. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the only real notes I, I, I have from this, well, not even, no, I didn't take notes. Just generally speaking, my only real comments, for one, Corey Graves' commentary was absolutely unbearable. I mean, we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> with the Carmella stuff for months and months. His commentary during Carmella's entrance, oh my god. It was... I, I can't even put it into words. If you didn't see or hear his commentary, go back and listen to it just for laughs. It was Ooh. genuinely just... I'm listening to this thinking, this is this is simping to the highest order. Like, this is the highest level of simpery. But nonetheless, um, the other thing I want to say, shout out to Mandy Rose for saving this match. Her, her slipping over was the best part of this whole match. Because it's the only thing I remember. Did, did, um, didn't Dana Brooke have a nip slip? Uh, that apparently happened as well. I wasn't. I, I'd be lying if I said I actually watched it or paid attention to this match. But 
Yes, Nonetheless, that did happen. Um, that did happen. Yes, I remember now. They, and it, they actually showed it on the Titans run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was bad. They they cut away immediately, but you saw Dana Brooks nipple for like thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, Mandy's slipping over. I mean, fair play. She, like, she's played off well on her social media. And Absolutely. the fact of the matter is, I mean, people are going to try and, you know, take that and, you know, blow it up the same way people did for Titus O'Neil slipping over at the Greatest Royal Rumble a few years ago. This this was just funny. Like, like she slipped backwards because the stage was wet. I mean, big deal. Like, it is. You remember that more than you remember Ruby Riot's hand, you know, back spring dropkick to... Natalia, twelve minutes in the match, you know, like it was a memorable moment. So, yeah. Any other comments about this? Because I, there's not much to say. I'll just say too that Mandy, yeah, that was the most entertaining part, and I'm sure people loved the way Liv Morgan was dressed. Like, I'm sure that's the, the, the takeaways from this match, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, I also want to say I was legitimately. Uh, all I thought was that at the end of this match, Natalia and Tamina would win, and then they'd be standing in the ring, and you have Titus O'Neil walk out there, and Titus would be like. Oh, wait wait just a minute we have one more team who you know uh, uh, announcing our entry and then you can look but you can't touch what hit and the Bella Twins would come out then the Bella Twins would pin Tamina in like 20 seconds that's what I was thinking would happen it, it didn't happen in the end but I was adamant during the match they're doing something big there's gonna be some swerve but no Natalia and Tamina just won after a 14 minute gauntlet match like, I, I, I'm glad that you brought up. I'm glad that you brought up Titus too, because we got to circle back to that too and talk about the intro for a second. But yeah. but I want to comment on what you said too. Like, yeah, that would have made sense. Just have the Bella Twins get their little moment, and maybe they could lose, but it still would have been a memorable moment having the Bellas make their entrance. And even if they can't really do moves, just have one of them go in there, Brie go in there, and just like try to punch Natalia and Natty put her in a sharpshooter. That would have been really memorable, and it doesn't take you know. There's not much contact there. It's just. A sharpshooter, and then you know, thirty seconds in, get them out, let them make their entrance. It would have been cool. Yeah, I think I tweeted out during or after Natalia and Tamina won. I tweeted out, "You couldn't pay me one dollar to care about Natalia and Tamina versus Jackson Baszler," which that's how I honestly feel. That match, we'll talk about it for night two. Mm-hmm. My God, so I think that's all we have to talk about now. I want to circle back. You mentioned it. We forgot to talk about this. Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan oh as the host doing their little promo. <laughs> what was that like live, Kevin? How was the crowd? What were you feeling? Oh, it was so funny. It was funny because like every time Titus talked, people would cheer. As you guys all saw, people were cheering. And then when Hogan would talk, people would just try to drown him out with booze. And I was doing it too. I was booing him just for the just for the jokes of it. And I'm sure a lot of people were. Like some people genuinely were booing him, but I'm sure a lot of people were just doing it for the joke of it. And it, it was it made it it saved the segment I would say because everything else about that was just cringe. The whole segment was just ugh, you know, ugh, like why why is this on TV? Titus O'Neil trying to do like a he's trying to do like a Ray Lewis impression of this motivational hype speaker, and then <laughs> you know Hulk Hogan's just like oh brother, let me stop you there, brother. It was I don't know it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah, just I yeah I think. I mean, I'll give I'll give most of my thoughts for the, the, when they came out as pirates on night two. I want to save <laughs> save my thoughts for that. But nonetheless, um, we move on with the show, and then we get a match which people were telling me stole the show. And I, 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 mean, I want to hear your opinion on this. Cesaro mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins did this steal the show in night on night one. What was the atmosphere like live for this match? Wow, the atmosphere was crazy. Seth Rollins is a bigger star than you would than you would think. Seth Rollins got one of the probably one of the three or four reactions of the entire like two nights he got one of like i would say top five one of the top five reactions um his entrance was spectacular i was blown away by his entrance all the pyro 
and just him standing out there smiling like a cult leader. Like it was just, it was a really cool presentation. Um, and I thought the match was damn good. I thought it was really good. Like I would probably put it up there. I'd probably say it was one of the three best matches of the night for me, at least, or of both nights, I should say. But I don't think yeah. this match was as good as McIntyre Lashley. I, I don't because the the crowd involvement, the storytelling, the emotions, like it was just you can't really beat that. But Rollins and Cesaro for a thrown together match with a story that nobody really cared about, they went out there and they put a show. And I think Rollins made Cesaro a superstar. I really do. Like I think this is going to be a pivotal moment for Cesaro's career. Like I, I don't I don't see how from here WWE can flounder him again. I hope they don't. Because that was a big-time performance. People were invested in, in Cesaro more than I thought they would be. This match was a lot... It blew me away. It really did. I, I had no expectations for it, and it was really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm much the same with the sentiment that for a match which had little to no story that you really sink your teeth into, these two guys did a great job. And that's what we kind of all expected because these these are the in-ring ROH guys, supposedly, who are you know wrestling together. So I thought the match... It turned out really well. First half of the match was good. I mean... Rollins did that. If you know how to describe it, it like you know, the, the the move off the top rope, where he yeah. like you know, springs around in midair. Just Rollins being Rollins, I guess that, that was the OG indie Rollins coming out. That was really cool to see. Um, but generally speaking, I want to talk about like down the stretch of the match because you had Cesaro doing twenty three swings of Rollins, Cesaro <laughs> doing that UFO swing move, yep. and then the finish with like the neutralizer. How how hyped was the crowd during that? Because it came off as if the crowd was like erupting. Like yes. how how was that like in person? It was very it was yeah it was very true. The way they built it, people wanted to see the swing. It was like he Cesaro kept going for the swing and people are going ah oh, man when he didn't get it you know, and then he got it. He did like eight swings and people were like oh we wanted more, and then he finally got it again and it was just yeah it was crazy. Everybody was popping. Cesaro got a big pop. Like there was no piped in crowd noise for that one. People were super super invested. Uh, throughout all of night one, you know, from start to finish, people were really invested in general. But this match, like I said, Seth Rollins is an underrated. He has underrated star power. It was the reaction he got was crazy, and he did a lot of favors for Cesaro. I did. I, I would say Cesaro. Yeah. Should have bought Rollins a steak dinner. Should have took him to Ruth Chris or something because Rollins did a lot for him, bro. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean that match. Unless there's anything else you really want to say, just generally speaking. Pretty good match. Also, I want to quickly mention there, you talked about, like, the swing and how, like, Cesaro would do, like, eight rotations and, you know, and then he'd drop it. Like, the, the whole thing with that, the, the, like, the selling, that kind of thing, because, like, Rollins is, like, working on the arm. So, like, the, that stuff as well, it clicked. It made sense. It was logical. Generally speaking, just a pretty good match all around. So, any, any other words on that? Or we can move on to the next match, Kevin. I just want to say the video package was funny, too, with with Seth Rollins doing the... You know, doing the cult the cult commercial that was that yes. was just too funny. Yes. It's too good. <laughs> That's great. That's character Maggle. We love to see it. Ah, ah, a ball game. Um, and there. And speaking of ball game, we go into the next match. Raw tag titles. Um, what do you want to say about this, Kevin? Because I mean, it was fairly predictable as far as the outcome goes. Mm-hmm. What was this match like, live? Uh. Biggie coming out doing the intro for Xavier Woods and Kofi really got everybody hyped. I'm glad they did. They went there. They added that little extra to it because that really helped a lot. Had just having Biggie out there the first time and forever doing that, it was awesome. Um, again, more star power. Everybody loves AJ Styles. Everybody loves the New Day. People were really invested in this match. AJ Styles is a star. Like he could be a heel, babyface, whatever. He's gonna get a star reaction. He gets a star entrance. A lot of fireworks. Like it was just. It was a really cool spectacle. It was that match too blew me away. It was better than I thought it was going to be. 
I went into night one with little to no expectations, honestly, just for just about every match, and this was another one that just blew me away by how good it was. Yeah, I mean, that's how WB functioned best, though. Like, I mean, we kind of saw this with, I mean, night one and two comparatively. Like, night one, like, I felt this way. I mean, you felt this way. A lot of people did. The card on paper was okay. You know, there was a bit of, you know, there was some investment there for a couple matches. But generally speaking, it was like, oh, yeah, should be a, all right, good show. And the show ended up being, like, really good and, like, over-delivering, which that's how WB functions best. Poor build, show over-delivers at the pay-per-view. Whereas you had tonight, too, a show which, up and down, a lot of people were excited for near enough everything on that show. And generally speaking, outside of the main event, which was outstanding, it was more of a mixed bag and people were a bit more kind of mixed about it. So I just want to throw that in there. WB really delivered, like, over-delivered with night one, I felt like. Things fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in hindsight... We sh- I, looking back at it, we should have expected this be- just be- purely because of the star power. You know, you have McIntyre Lashley, you have Sasha Banks on the show, you have Bad Bunny, you have The Miz, even though I don't like The Miz, but, you know, he's still, I guess, somewhat of a star in the wrestling bubble. And then you have, you know, AJ Styles on the undercard, Seth Rollins on the undercard. Just uh, It was littered with star power in night one. Hell yeah. And I mean, this match, the, the story they do, but where the New Day, the tag team guys, they're the tag team experts. Styles is not a tag team guy. So the first like half of this match is just Kingston and Woods isolating Styles, beating him up in their corner. Eventually the match turns. Omos, Omos gets the hot tag. And I mean, what, was, what was the pop like when Omos got the, the big tag? Unexpected. Like, I was not ready for that. I was like, I was thinking like, wow, the roof, just, the roof just blew off. Like people just... I don't even know. I don't even know if everyone in the building really knows who Omos was going in. You know, I don't know how many how many people are hardcore wrestling fans there, but they wanted to see this big dude get his hands on the other guys, and it was the opposite reaction because AJ and Omos are the heels. You know, yeah. and then you look at the build for this match. The build up was literally on Raw, then playing charades and Omos giving AJ Styles a death stare when AJ throws a son on the on a paper. And then you go to WrestleMania and Omos gets one of the biggest pops of the night when he finally gets the hot the hot tag. It was it was a bizarre moment, but I think they might be onto something with this AJ and Omos storyline. It kind of reminds me of Shawn Michaels and Diesel from from back way back when. Oh, absolutely! I I really like. I mean, Styles and Omos have been a thing for I mean, what six months now. Like it's not it's not like a brand new thing. And I mean, the anticipation for Omos to actually step foot in a ring and like wrestle was like fever pitch like during the match. It was shocking. When he got that big. When you got the hot tag, my god, like it, it came off loud on the network. Which it was. I can only imagine how loud it would have been in person. It was. It was very loud. I was taken aback. I was like, I was just like, I wasn't ready. I was just like, oh wow, okay. You know, it was, yeah. It was so, great. so almost comes in, almost comes in, and he, he, we get a couple minutes of almost just basically essentially ragdolling the new day. Yep. Which was great to see. It, it was like when I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, the, he's a seven foot three guy who's dominant. Yes, we've seen this before, but the, the dynamic of the whole thing where Styles is bodyguard and it's the first time we've seen him wrestle, he's been around for six months, it, 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 was just, it was hype. You know, that was the best way of putting it because, yes, we've seen 7 foot 3 we've seen the great Carl Lee before, we've seen these types of wrestlers, but the way, they, the way they sold this was really good, I felt like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The New Day, I, I remember thinking, oh, wow, okay, the New Day, like, why didn't they have the Hurt Business go in? to WrestleMania as the Tag Team Champions. But I understand now why they put the New Day, because people would care that much more if it was the New Day, because the New Day are stars. They've been a tag team for a long, long time. You know, it's not to discredit the Hurt Business, but they haven't. They've been a team for, like, 
what, eight months or so, and only in a pandemic era, whereas the New Day, they've been doing their act in front of a live crowd for like six plus years now. So it made that yeah. it made sense to have Omos and AJ go up against the New Day. It just added another element with the, the, using the New Day star power to get over the, this new talent, Omos. Also, I want to really quickly add in, you mentioned, you know, it's better they had the New Day. I, I think one reason you didn't touch on there, the, the way the New Day sell, like facial expressions, oh, yeah. just all that kind of stuff, Woods and Kingston, they are insane at it. So I think having them there is that much better than having Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin, who most of the time are kind of stone-faced. Absolutely. Having the New Day with Xavier Woods, and then you know, he's like, oh my god, ah! He's like, he's like freaking out when almost like the, the, the thought of almost coming in, like Woods is like, ah! He's like freaking out. Kofi with his like noodle haircut, <laughs> he was freaking out as well. It was, the whole thing was done really was well. Good. Like uh, Styles involved. This is the great AJ Styles. Like all around a random Raw tag title match, which usually you wouldn't care about, was done really damn well. Yeah, and like, just by the nature of the characters, like I said, AJ and the New Day, you're gonna care. And then you have the new element, the X Factor and Omos, and it was really good. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was crazy. And then there's also the new level there of like Big E and Omos having a stare down. That would be something too. That'll get people hot too. Oh hell yeah! And then one thing I was, I was going on and on and about on Twitter. It, it's just pure long-term storytelling, pal. So <laughs> it's the Raw yeah. Tag Title Match three years ago. Okay, three years ago, John Cone, <laughs> who was the referee in this match, John Cone's son, Nicholas, won these Raw tag titles. And then three years later, AJ Styles, who looks like Nicholas when he's grown up, is competing <laughs> for these same tag titles in a match with John Cone as refing. Long-term storytelling was beautiful, Kevin. And, and, and I, I'll top it off. My, my, my girl looks at me and she says, AJ Styles looks like a proud mom. Next to Omos, when they when they were running around with the belts, she's like, <laughs> she's like, he looks like a kid next to Omos. So there you go, pal. Long term storytelling. Yeah, so I mean, that was really cool. Styles and Omos win the tag titles. It's gonna be a fun story. When they eventually break up, I mean, Styles is gonna make Omos look like a million bucks. Like mm-hmm. the whole thing's just great. I just nothing really much more else to say about that, unless you want to get something in here. No, I think that's um, it, bro. Let's go to the next match. Was there any backstage can... segments? Are we forgetting any backstage segments? Um, I mean, there was the one segment where you had. Titus oh, O'Neil yeah. and the NWO, and then Bailey came over. Oh um, God! Another cringe segment. Another it was, yeah, cringe. That's what, what, what did they do with Bailey at this WrestleMania? You had a cringe segment on Night One with her in the New Day. She randomly showed up at commentary like once on Night One, mm-hmm. and then she got beat up by the Bella Twins on Night. Like this is the, what? poor. Yeah, poor. yeah. It's sad that Bailey got lost in the shuffle like this. But, you know, you have you have acts like. You know, no disrespect to them, but you have like Ruby Riot on the card in a match, but you can't fa- find room for the girl who carried the SmackDown division or who carried SmackDown pre Roman Reigns returning in the heart she of the pandemic. She carried women's wrestling for basically two thirds of, well, literally three quarters of 2020, and and she this, this is what she's doing at WrestleMania. She's running up to commentary, being like, "Hi, Michael Cole," and she's backstage, being like, "Oh, well, can I join the NWO?" Like. Yeah, she's like, ding-dong, Titus, ding-dong, and like, like, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, that's the only real notable backstage segment, because we got literally 35 minutes of them to open the show with the rain delay. So, uh, we move on from that to our favorite white trash redneck hick, oh, Braun Strowman, God. taking on Vince McMahon's 51-year-old son. Kevin, I know you are just dying to see this match. This match, when you left for Tampa, you, this was the, the, the top <laughs> of your... You were desperate to see... 
the white trash redneck Hicks versus Vincent Dijonio or something. Kevin, just please walk me through this match. Being, walk me through this match. Could you please, Kevin? Please go. Go on. If if I if I had a healthy knee, I would have gotten up and like went to get popcorn or something. I just I would not have sat through this match. <laughs> it was like it's like bro, you got Shade McMahon, Vince McMahon's fifty-one-year-old son going up against a professional powerlifter. And the build-up to this match is Shane McMahon playing hopscotch on live television that WWE is getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars a year to produce. That, that's the build-up for this, for this match. And then you have Shane McMahon reading a professional powerlifter's fifth-grade elementary report card. You know? And, like, that's where we are. And then they're doing a cage match, and it's like, okay, everybody knows that some stunt is going to happen, that Shane's going to fly off the cage. So everybody's literally sitting on their hands just waiting for Shane to go flying off the cage. Nobody cared about Shane's entrance, and I and and it's sad because you look at Shane McMahon's. Let's look at Shane McMahon's resume. I'll walk you through his resume since he returned in 2016. Please do, Chief. He comes back 2016, Hell in a Cell. He jumps off the cell. WrestleMania moment, all-time great WrestleMania moment. Will be on replays forever, and in, in, it's going to be in the annals of history in WWE forever. 2017, he's like, okay, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to prove that I can have a technical wrestling match with AJ. 2018, he has a legitimate disease in his colon, and he's risking his life to wrestle the returning Daniel Bryan, who just retired two years prior. And then 2019, he has a match with The Miz. Even though it, it was it was what it was, we had babyface Miz, we got Shane slapping Miz's dad at ringside. You know, it was what it was. It was still different, it was a street fight. But then we go back, we go to a steel cage match. And it's like, what are they going to do with a steel cage match? You know? what? what like, we've already yeah. seen Shane jump off the hell in the cell. What more can you possibly do, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, this match, there's not really much to say. I mean, before the match, you had Elias and Riker ambush Strowman with steel chairs there. John, WWE. Oh, my God. And then the actual match, I mean, do you have any comments on the actual match? Outside of the the stunt, which we'll talk about in a moment, any thoughts on the actual match outside of how dead the crowd was? Like, that's all there was. It was just I was just amazed at how dead the crowd was. You have you WWE hasn't done a live event in a year, and you have Shane McMahon, one of wrestling's biggest superstars, and the crowd is dead for a Shane McMahon match. I was I was in awe. I was just in, like I know the build sucked, but it was like nobody cared. You know nobody cared until like Shane climbed up the cage and then people came alive and it was just boring. It was like nobody cared. Nobody was invested in Braun Strowman and it's it's unfortunate. You know, Braun Strowman well, is somebody. I'll walk, I'll walk you through what I was. Like, this match happens. So I watch the entrances, and then I see Strowman get ambushed with the chairs, and I just turn the match off. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I, I tune back in 15 minutes later. I'm seeing the replays of the stunts. I was like, oh, I'll make a video about this. But, but outside, the, like outside of the match itself, I didn't. I didn't even watch most of this because I was just like, well, if, if Strowman wins, which he clearly was, where to from there? Do I really care? If Shane wins, which he. he Dude, he just wasn't. What happens then? Like, I just didn't have any investment in the match. So when the match is literally 10 minutes of Shane McMahon looking at Braun, being like, B-b-b-b-b-braun, choo-choo, and then r- trying to run up the cage and escape, and then Braun being like, Shane! Like, I, I didn't care. No. So then we finally get to this big stunt. They do the First of all, they do that thing where Shane was, like, trying to climb the cage or climb down, and Strowman, like, rips the... the age like apart they did that and then they get to the big stunt which i want you to walk me through this one kevin because you were there seeing vince's 51 year old son go flying into a swanton bomb essentially off the cage to the mat walk me through what that was like seeing in person 
my instant reaction was, that's it? You know, because I'm thinking, like, like I said, we've already seen him jump off the Hell in a Cell. So it's like him flying off a cage back first into the ring. It's like, eh, you know. Obviously, I was thinking, like, I hope he's okay. Like, he's 51 years old. He shouldn't be doing that, you know. But for me, I knew it was coming. And I'm not really, like, a junkie like that. I'm not into the big stunts, generally. It's not really my thing. So it was just, like I said, there for the sake of doing it. I wasn't really into it at all. Like, I, I tried to be but I just couldn't force myself to get into it. Yeah. I mean, saying Shane legitimately nearly kill himself, I just, I don't know. Because like, like, I, like, I, I expected, yeah, you go. I, like, I just want to talk about the intro, the beginning of the match too. You have Elias and Jackson Riker attack Braun and it's like, who cares, bro? Like, why why do I care about Braun getting beat up by these guys? Yeah, it just, I don't even know. Like I'm watching this, I'm watching the beatdown for the match, thinking Elias should be like the United States champion. What is he doing? Like he's he's a lackey to a guy. He's a lackey to you know, whatever. Just a bit of a meme, but nonetheless, nonetheless. Um, with that being said, uh, yeah. So Shane, Shane loses after nearly dying. Um, anything else to say? Like, uh, this was a water break. My girl got us some water, so that was good. She got up during the match. She was even she was bored, you know. It's like that tells you something right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so next, next up, let's let's move it on for a second. Now, now we get yes. to a match which was actually a lot of fun and definitely over delivered. Yep. Bad Bunny and Priest versus The Miz and Morrison. I mean, uh, where do you want to start with this? Because this is where right, everyone's you, waiting. You're gonna, you're gonna want to. So right, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you. the fork, Kevin. Talk about this. Match. I, I, I'm gonna tell you. Hit record right now on your end, and you're gonna, you're gonna want to clip this. So, you you got, oh god, you got this entrance where there's. People, grown adults, coming out dressed up as bunnies, and they're walking down to the ring as "Hey, Hey, Hop, Hop" is playing. And I'm literally losing my mind, bro. I'm, I'm losing my mind at the thought of this. I'm like, why? This, this isn't funny. Like, who finds this entertaining? Anybody that finds this entertaining, I know CR21 does, and I know some other people do. You just, you're just trolling at that point. Like, this is not entertaining. I don't care what you say. If you find this entertaining, I don't know. I, I, I judge your fandom, but. And I don't judge people very often. Hardly ever. But this is one thing I will judge people on. And then you have the Miz and Morris in there singing. So they're multi-talented people. They're multi-talented, pal. They're singing. They're dancing. And I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, this is what I bought a ticket for. This is, I, I, I'm contemplating my decision of driving three and a half hours to watch WrestleMania at this point in time. <laughs> You've got the Miz and Morrison walking down the ramp with microphones in their hands singing. You've got bunnies cra- clouded in the ring like it's the Yes Movement lip-syncing. in 2014. Orly lip-syncing. They weren't singing, but nonetheless. Yeah, on. whatever. Lip-syncing, singing, who cares? It was terrible either way. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So <laughs> you got this song playing that I I can't stand this song. This is, oh, God. This is, this is what I imagine my hell is like. I'm going to be sitting in a chair <laughs> watching the Miz and Morrison lip-sync with bunnies in a ring. Like This is what my hell is going to be like. <laughs> And I'm just, like, like contemplating my decision of driving three and a half hours because, you know, you have this reality TV star who's going to get a vasectomy tonight, after all. He's going to get a vasectomy on reality TV. And then there's bunnies in the ring. Bunnies. Like, what? Th- who finds this funny? Like, I get it. His name is Bad Bunny. But to load the ring with bunnies in the ring, it's just not... It's not good. It's not entertaining. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody paid a ticket to see that. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, easily the worst WrestleMania entrance of all time. I, I, I think I say that with 
with sincerity <laughs> and certainty. You, you think about some of the great WrestleMania entrances of all time. You have Triple H being the Terminator, coming out as Arnold Schwarzenegger at WrestleMania yeah. 31. Then you have WrestleMania 30. He's doing the King of Kings with Charlotte, Alexa Bliss, and Sasha Banks, and Stephanie McMahon looking like a badass announcing him. You have Undertaker's many memorable, iconic entrances. And somehow we've devolved into adult men dressed as bunnies. And somewhere in that group of bunnies is the next NXT superstar. And when when he becomes (laughs) NXT champion, people are going to find out, oh, this guy was involved in this entrance of bunnies. And then that's going to be the end of his push because he's going to be associated with this entrance. I looked on Twitter. I I was trying to find a picture or a clip of this entrance, and I could not find anything. WWE is already trying to whitewash this from history. That's how bad this entrance was. You know, who, realistically, who paid a ticket to see this? Who? Who wanted to see this? Obviously, Bad Bunny was the draw. There was a lot of people that literally came only to see Bad Bunny sitting next to me. And you got, God, I I almost had a conniption watching this entrance. You know, I was screaming into my phone. I got people giving me dirty looks in the stands. Like, why, why is this guy screaming into his phone right now? You know, (laughs) it, it, it was not, it was not enjoyable. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that they're literally giving this entrance to Chris Benoit treatment already. That's so funny. <laughs> literally, this entrance, this made Miz pushing the pool floats look like Triple H's game entrance. That's how bad this was. Like, yes. I, I watched this, and, okay, so they have literally, like, 20 bunnies. They're literally having the bunnies <laughs> hopping out, and they're hopping out down the 70-foot-long the WrestleMania ramp. Like, they're, they're, these NXT hopefuls are hopping their way down and then they're in the ring that they're, they're hopping commentary oh, i was just bruh and you book a t on commentary trying to sell this a bit oh it's just great and then you have mr morrison come out there the first half of their performance they were out of time and they, were, they couldn't even lip sync it properly it was that terrible like the camera zoomed in on them and you, you, you can tell john morrison has no clue what he's supposed to be saying he's just he's trying to lip sync anything it was so botched and then they make their way down then they're like they're in the ring. You've got twenty bunnies bouncing up and down. I don't know how you didn't just leave the stadium altogether, Kevin. I, I don't know how you didn't, but oh my god, it was it was horrible. It was as far as an entrance goes, it was the worst entrance in WrestleMania history. It was like I dare you find me something worse. Okay, Daniel Bryan walking out in a women's sweater the next night made was that much better than this. Okay, it was just <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's the entrance. And then speaking of entrances. Bad Bunny's entrance. How sick was that? That's why I didn't leave. You asked me why I didn't walk out, how I didn't walk out. That's exactly why I didn't walk out, because I wanted to see Bad Bunny that bad. I was tempted to. I was like, yeah, I'm about to leave. Like, I'm about to leave right now. This is terrible. This is just, it's awful. But then Damian Priest makes his entrance, and he looks like a star. And then Bad Bunny comes out, riding on the back of, a like, a truck. For, I don't even know if he was actually riding on the truck or if it was CGI, but then the truck appears in the stadium, he jumps off, he's doing his thing, the pyro, his song is playing, everybody's going crazy, one of the biggest reactions of the night, and he just added to the whole aura of WrestleMania Night 1 and the star power, it was awesome, his entrance was unbelievable, uh, unforgettable. Oh yeah, and then yeah, Priest comes out, like Priest looks like a million bucks with mm-hmm. what he was, you know, his presentation, what he was wearing, I'm just like, this guy, if he wasn't like 39 he'd be legitimately if he was like 32 like he'd be the, the future of the company for the next eight years so i mean just looking at priest he's dope bad bunnies out there and then they, they get to the match itself this was the most like let's say surprising i'd say pleasantly enjoyable match i've ever seen 
Because, like, I expected the match to be literally, like, eight minutes of Miz punching Bad Bunny and Damian Priest getting a hot tag and then winning. But what we got instead was Bad Bunny showcasing how, in two months, he he's done more training and has become a better wrestler in two months than Mike <laughs> the Miz Mizanin has been in 17 years. That's legitimately what the match was. The match was Bad Bunny, uh, a musician who has, like, a, a, like a lean, you know, scorny-like type frame and has been literally training to properly wrestle for two months, legitimately perform better than most of the roster who've been in the indies for 15 years. How that's possible, I don't know. But it's a disgrace that that is, like, the, fact, the facts of the matter. Because Bad Bunny stole the show at WrestleMania Night 1, just generally speaking. people, So many people were talking about how great his performance was. Like, Kevin... When you're in the stadium watching Bad Bunny putting on an absolute show, walk me through what that's like. Walk me through how that made you feel. That was awesome. It was awesome. I was going crazy. Like, everybody was so invested. That helps a lot, too, when the crowd is invested. People are screaming. The emotions are running rampant. And it started out hot with The Miz, like, teasing Bad Bunny, and Bad Bunny punches him in the face, you know? And it was like, okay, that's good. That's what we came to see. We came to see The Miz get his ass beat by by Bad Bunny. That's what we paid to see. And I, I hate to say it, but... The Miz was the perfect guy to put him in, to put in the ring with Bad Bunny. It, it, oh, he was, yeah. It worked out so well, you know. John Morrison was good too. John Morrison was limited. I know he's injured, but Bad Bunny, man, he put on a, a, a showcase. It was like what seven to eight minutes of him starting out the match, maybe ten, and he's in there getting beat up by both guys. He's fighting back. He's fighting back and forth. He does the big Canadian destroyer. He does the leap off the top turnbuckle. He's doing moves. It, it wasn't like. It wasn't like he came out there, hit a couple punches, tagged in Damian Priest, Damian Priest did all the work, and then Bad Bunny got the pin. No, it was like, Bad Bunny did some work, and he was out to prove that he earned the spot, and that he respects WWE, and it was, man, I mean, people that hate on Bad Bunny still, after that performance, like, I just don't know what to say, you're just a negative, you're just negative, for no reason, because he's proved in one night that he loves wrestling more than any other celebrity that's been involved with it, you know, and it's not even close. You know, I mean, he went as far to announce his tour at WrestleMania, to announce his return to touring with Triple H in a a WrestleMania commercial exclusively for the the WrestleMania audience, which is like, that's, I mean, that's a whole other level of respect. You know, the partnership between Bad Bunny and WWE is very fruitful. Um, Wow, yeah, it was an amazing match. The environment, it was just crazy. Everybody's going crazy. Like I said, there was people around me that came literally just to see Bad Bunny. Like, there were people next to me that didn't speak any English. They were just like, oh yeah, we're here for Bad Bunny. We drove three hours to see Bad Bunny. Since we can't see him tour, we're going to come see him wrestle. And yeah, Bad Bunny definitely helped sell, sell the house for night one, 100%. Like, he was a big draw, and it worked out well. Hell yeah. I mean, the match was just great. And like, the, like that Bunny Destroyer spot they did, I mean, that... Watching Bad Bunny execute a better Panama Sunrise... or sorry, no, sorry, Canadian Destroyer. How dare I get my moves, moves confused? <laughs> Watching him do a better Canadian Destroyer than Adam Cole's ever done. That, there's something about that which makes me go... Well, this work rate thing isn't a big, you know, OMG to me anymore. You know, like watching Bad Bunny execute these moves so well when he's only wrestled for two months, phenomenal. So, yeah. That being said, Priest and Bunny get the win. They do like that whole kind of Tower of Doom finish. Just what a match! Like these guys did a phenomenal job, as you say. Miz, as horrible and awful as the hey hey hop hop stuff is, and as bad as watching Miz and Morrison putting like wash off paint on um, Bad Bunny's <laughs> $3.6 million Bugatti. As bad as the build was, uh, on the night, it, it, it was just it was just phenomenal. And that was the, the general theme of night one, is that as bad and dead as the build was, and as the card looked okay on paper, 
it just over delivered because of the talent involved, how it came off on the night. So in that regard, this match was no exception. Any any other words on Bad Bunny's amazing debut, Kevin? I'll just say that Damian Priest, <laughs> Damian Priest is a star now. There were so many eyeballs on Damian Priest that WWE would be just silly to, to fumble it now. They have something there, Damian Priest, and he, like you said, he's thirty nine, so they need to take advantage of him while he's while he can still go at a high level. Hell yeah! So. I mean, that, that was that. Then, I think it's about time we move on to the historic women's main event, okay? We have Bianca Belair challenging Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I want to say, I mean, I'll get your thoughts really quickly. I just want to say, th- th- this, as far as a women's main event match, is the best women's main event just ever, really. As far as the stage, it, it completely craps on the match two years ago at WrestleMania 35, just as far as how good it was. I mean, what did you think? What, what was the atmosphere like? How good was this match, Kevin? And I have to say first, like, unfortunately, people were walking out before the main event. It was sad. It was like, okay, yeah. main event time, there's a bunch of people leaving. I'm like, man, you guys paid a ticket to leave before the main event? Like, wow. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It's sad. But the people that were, I mean, some people left. It wasn't a lot. But the, the what we got was a spectacular presentation. You got two women, a one-on-one female main event match there was no agendas no trying to fit in people with legacies so they could say oh this they were a first at this first at that it was just one-on-one the build was what the build was what it was i'm glad there was no reginald i have to say that no reginald nonsense thank god thank god like (laughs) bianca belair she got this phenomenal entrance she came off like a star a ton of fireworks um she you know she didn't get a big reaction because she's not at the level at the level of a Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks definitely got a bigger reaction, but it was crazy to see two women being treated as characters. You know, not just like oh we're gonna have this we're gonna have these women have a match because it's women wrestling. You know, there were two women with characters going at it, and the match was impressive. It was it was really good. Bianca Belair was doing that spot where she gorilla pressed walk like Sasha and walked up not. the steps. Yeah, yeah, a f- phenomenal feat of strength. Um, I thought the match in ring quality was really good. It 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 over delivered again from what my expectations were, and then yeah, Bianca Belair became a star. That that's how you make a star. Just the, her winning, the emotional moment, the celebration, the fireworks, her husband coming out, her celebrating with her family. She got a lot of time. That celebration was super long, you know. And she's parading with the belt, uh, all the commentary. I'm sure Byron Sachs, uh, whoever was on commentary, Michael Cole and uh, Corey Graves were were really selling it hard. No, they didn't. Well, it's ironic you mentioned commentary because, I mean, everyone who watched this show just, like, on the network, Michael Cole had a bit of a botch at the end. So when Belair pinned Sasha, he literally yelled, oh, Sasha kicks out, and then Belair's, like, the bell rings, and Belair's, like, got a hand raised, like, no, never mind, no, no. uh, Michael Uh, Cole stopped it. Wait, so they didn't have Byron Saxon on commentary? I mean, they might have, but he doesn't say anything. Do you remember his commentary when Kofi won the title? It, that basically made Kofi Mania not as good as it could have been. That's really. I that's thought he I was, was good. I thought he was good. Well, I, I, if you had Jim Ross commentating Kofi Mania, you'd be legitimately like that much more excited. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's I like. Me. I like. That was like one call by Byron that I really liked. Was was his call for Kofi? Well, Kofi he did Mania. a competent job, no doubt about it. It's just like I don't know. I always look at that and think, well, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon, you have these two charisma vacuums doing the commentary. Like I don't know, but yeah, this Mania main event, the commentary was pretty decent, but outside of the botch of Michael Cole at the very end. But nonetheless, the actual match itself, I think Belair and Sasha, the way they worked the match, like Sasha, she did a very similar thing for Belair that Seth Rollins did for Cesaro, if that makes sense. Like, most of the match, 
was essentially Sasha making Belair look like a million bucks. Like when I'm watching the match, I'm just like, this is 80% Belair just do- showcasing how like dominant and like physically, like athletically gifted she is, you know? And it made for a great match. Like the match itself was that much more entertaining and captivating than the women's match two years ago, which was literally, we're going to put the women out there at 12.20 a.m. on the next day. And then they're going to have a, a match filled with like a bunch of different botches, Ronda kicking Becky in the face for real, and then a bunch of sl- like a sloppy finish. That was the match two years ago. This one was two women who were qualified to be there and had a you know, damn good match accordingly. And the finish was, I mean, as much as Michael Cole tried to ruin it with his botched commentary, the finish made sense. The moment was amazing. Montez Ford sprinting down to the down to the ring faster than I've ever seen anyone sprint. That was great. So, just yeah, I mean, that was the main event. Anything else to say? Uh, um, I, will, I will say this. I was thinking that we were going to get Becky Lynch's return. I was like, yes, yes. In my yes. head, I was like, this celebration's going on too long. They're doing too much. You know, they're having her celebrate with her husband, and then they're having to celebrate with the family, and then they're having to go in there again, parade around with the belt. And play her music again for like another two, three minutes. I'm like, oh, Becky's gonna come out. Like, this, they're doing way too much right now, you know? Because like, like you saw with Roman, it was like, okay, he gets the belt and he just he throws it up, and I say we go off the air. But this celebration, it felt WWE-ish. It felt like like when Mark Henry fit, had that fake retirement speech, and it was like eh, something's up here, you know? It felt like that. But yeah. we ended up not yeah. getting Becky's big return. I guess maybe we're gonna get her return sometime tonight. Maybe who knows? But yeah. Um, it was just, it was a great way to end the show. Like, that was a real, I had a friend text me and he was like, that's a main event. That's how you build a star. And yeah, I mean, people went into the match maybe not knowing who Bianca Belair is, but by the end of the match, because Sasha Banks did such a good job putting over Bianca, everybody wanted to see her win and everybody was happy that she won and everybody was invested in her. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah, <laughs> Sasha did a great job. I think that that, that clip that surfaced afterwards of Sasha Banks, like, at ringside, oh, yeah. like, as Belair's, like, celebrating and Sasha's, like, smiling at it. It's a good moment. Like, I mean, some people were like, oh, you know, that, that broke kayfabe. I, I hate the fact that Sasha did that. I'm just like, three hours prior, the whole locker room was standing next to each other, smiling. Like, just, what, get out of here. But no, nah, it, it was a good moment. Just uh, all round, really good way to close a night one of WrestleMania that, on the whole, I'd say that night one of WrestleMania oh, wait, 37. Let, let, let me just say this one more thing, too. Yeah, um, yeah, go uh, we got BHV say that Sasha looked like a McDonald's Sprite. That's funny, but um, the, the you had the crowd chanting "This is awesome" or whatever it was before the match even started when they're doing their stare down, and then they cut to the the camera close up on Bianca Belair crying, and it's like she's such a good baby face. Like I know that wasn't planned for her to cry, but how could you not cheer for someone that's that emotional? You know, it's just it was yeah, great. You, it, you have like they're they're breaking barriers. These are two women of color main eventing at Wrestlemania it's not just two people of color it's two women of color main eventing at Wrestlemania you got Bianca Belair crying like how could you not get invested in something like that emotionally I felt bad for the people that left because they missed a really good show and a really and a hell of a main event exactly like it just it was really well done and then just generally speaking <clears throat> I mean the show itself like as far if we're ranking night one compared to just previous like Wrestlemanias I'd probably put it on par with 31 you know, like I think across the board, really damn solid. Nothing was like terrible. I mean, the women's tag turmoil wasn't the greatest by any means, but it was just a forgettable match. Who cares? And the rest of the show generally was like pretty damn good. So I mean, that's what I think. Like, what do you think? Like, just which show does this compare to? Overall thoughts on night one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd much rather watch back WrestleMania night one before I watch pretty much any of the other WrestleManias from thirty six to thirty two. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would put it on par with thirty one as well. 
Um, it was really good. It was really damn good. Like I, I left the show thinking, wow, that was worth the money. If if I don't get to see night two, I'm content seeing just night one. That was amazing. It was just a really good seven match card. And yeah, I mean the the women's tur- you know the tag team turmoil match was what it was. Um, but there's always you can't have a perfect WrestleMania. There's always gonna be one match. Uh, Braun and yep. Shane, that was what it was too. You know, it just it was. What what can you say about it that we haven't already said? But as a whole, when you get five out of seven matches that are really good, I mean, you had a raw tag team match that was like the build up was Xavier Woods playing pictograph with with AJ Styles, so that t- t- over delivered. It, it was just it was a really good show overall. Good main event, good opener, good undercard matches. It was great. Yeah, straight up. And then I mean, Destroy Base Base is best since thirty three. Thirty three was just too long. Like that's the issue with these WrestleManias. The length is a big deal. And I think the fact that WrestleMania 37 night one, it didn't drag. Like, at no point was I thinking, oh, God, I, I wish this would end. You know, like, that, that's such a good thing because, like, the last few matches were all, like, you know, genuinely entertaining in their own right. And they all each you know, added something to the show and they didn't drag and they actually went for a good length. So, yeah, that, that's uh, what I think. 33 was a good show, but. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I'll say this about 33 just quickly. It was like the main event was not good. You know, the world title match wasn't good with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Um, and those are two of the big matches. When you, when you have two of, like, the four or five highly anticipated matches really suck, that's not a good thing. You know, that's definitely going to work against it. Uh, people love Triple H and Rollins in hindsight. That match wasn't that good either. Triple H has had better WrestleMania matches. You know, it... it I don't know. It, 33 it was good, and in, 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 um, there was good matches on the card, but... Like you said, it was just too long. Yeah. So, with that being said, I think we, we can transition into night two now. Kevin, walk me through how you got your ticket for night two, out of interest. No, I just I got it on StubHub. I was like, ah, I'm going to see, you know, I'll try again. Because I couldn't get tickets uh, from Ticketmaster uh, the night they released. Uh, that was tough. But yeah, I just went on StubHub and I was like, oh, I found a good deal. Got the tickets, boom, made it happen. Jeez, big dubs, big dubs. So legit, we roll into night two. I mean, I guess we can start off with Hulk Hogan, Titus O'Neil as Pirates. I think that's a good way to start. Um, so I think one thing oh, I'll say, God. yeah, <laughs> bro, um, this was so bad. This was worse than the other on, opening segment. The, the one from from night one. This was so bad. At least they didn't uh, have Hulk Hogan have his own entrance. They realized that Hogan was going to get booze, so they tried to keep the boo to, the booze to a minimum. Yeah. That, that, uh, watching Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea walking out there wearing that, I'm just like, this is just, I, I can, I, I would have loved, I would have legitimately paid money to see, like, the, the five minutes before those guys walked out there, when they're, when they're standing in Gorilla in the pirate outfits, I would have died to see Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, Triple H, Kevin Dunn, you know, John Laronitis, like, all these, like, you know, the, the executives, like, reacting to that. Vince is like, oh, it's so good, Terry. Oh, yeah. Oh, you rock that sword, Belaya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, I'm looking at that, and then they walk out there, they make their entrance. Titus, God bless him. He's taking this just horrific material and trying to make it the best possible. Hogan looks like he's there to collect a paycheck. Like, it's just, oh, my God. Hogan, like, like, that, like? <laughs> this is, like, the greatest of all time, Hulk Hogan. Dressed up as a pirate. This this moment water washes 
the moment where Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, and Mick Foley were marching toward Wade Barrett, like like he just like he just kidnapped their mothers. The, the, this <laughs> moment water washes that. This was so bad. You watch a Hulk Hogan, he looks ridiculous. He looks like the the mascot for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team. It was oh my god, it was legit. This is the guy. This is the guy who, without him, we wouldn't be here right now. Because wrestling would have never got off the ground in a mainstream capacity without Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And this is the guy who nowadays, 37 years after, well, 36 years, but yeah, 37 WrestleManias after the first one, basically, he's now coming out there wearing a pirate outfit with, like, the best global ambassador WWE could possibly find, Titus O'Neil. Hogan's out there as most of the crowd's booing him because of stuff he said, like, 17 years ago. And everyone's just booing him. Like it's just, I'm like this. This is the guy who's responsible for us all being here, and this is so weird to see. I get it, it was, was just, weird. It was a, it was such a broth moment. Like yes, legit. It was oh, weird. God. It was very <laughs> odd to see. I don't remember. Did Bailey interrupt this? No, no. This was this was legit. Just Hogan and Titus in the rain and just the pirates. <laughs> oh oh Bailey yes. Interrupted the minor. I, I remember <laughs> now. You have they were doing a. They, I don't know if this. I don't know what the if this was the intention, but it was like they were doing a like a play on the real life situation with Hogan, where Hogan said whatever he said. I don't remember some pirate slang and Titus O'Neil is like, oh, you can't say that, brother. And Hulk's gonna what? You gonna make me walk the plank? And I'm just like, bro, come on, bro. Like, 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 end this already. Like, I came here to see Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, I did not come here to see the greatest of all time and Titus O'Neil dressed as pirates. Not, like, like, I was just like, bro, can we get to the match? Can we get to the matches, please? For the love of God, make it stop. You can tell some some writer who's probably worked in like he's probably some massive SJW snowflake probably wrote that material and was probably so proud and they gave Titus and Vince this script and has these like you know references to Hulk Hogan being a terrible like racist human being and they're probably so proud and they're chuffed of it and then you, it, it comes out at Wrestlemania they do the, they do the segment and it's just it's just a dead way to open the show and then I guess, unless there's anything you want to say about that I just want to move on to The Fiend and Randy Orton I, um, I, I want to say this real quick it was like you got this was what everybody knew it was going to be. They they put Hulk Hogan with Titus O'Neil with an agenda to get people to love Hulk Hogan again, and it just didn't work. It just it came off so flat, so forced, so unnecessary. The pirate skit like that was just so over the top and unnecessary. God. Uh, well, well, like I, I I get I get. It. I mean, yeah, you have Hogan and Titus together. I guess for. Hogan's PR, even though I, I don't think Hogan's PR improved at all after this WrestleMania. They, they tried nope. it, I guess, with that intention, I think. But, like, at the end of the day, I, I don't see Hogan differently now than I did two days ago because he recited some lines on a kayfabe show, you know? Exactly, like, yeah. It, it's just, uh, they, whatever. They, they, they put I, him with the NWO, too, and they put him with Eric Bischoff to try to get him cheered. And it's like, bro, we know what you're doing. Like, we, we see through it. Yeah, like, I don't even know. Like, I would have probably had Titus be the host for night one and Hogan night two. If you're that desperate to have Titus and Hogan host, just do it separately. This just came off so cringe. You've got Hogan out there being like, I'm a pirate, brother. Like, <laughs> just get out of here. It was, like, it's just, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> brother, 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 I'm a pirate, brother. Oh, brother. Like, get out of here, the way. I'm like, oh, well. Um, so we move on. I want you to walk me through this. So you're sitting there live watching The Fiend walk through a, a tunnel. Of, just walk me through the, the Fiend match, Kevin. I, 
Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. So we get the you know Randy Orton's music hits. We get the announcement. Oh, the you know Titus O'Neil says, "Oh, the first match is uh, through the deep, the depths of hell." So everybody's cheering because they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be Randy Orton the Fiend kick off the show." We get Randy Orton's music hits, and this guy takes like twenty minutes to walk down to the ring. I was like, I was just like, "Bro, come on, we get like, can we go? Can we get through this? Like, why you gotta have such a long entrance?" He does the fake Mandy slips, and everybody's like, "Oh, oh my God, Randy made fun of Mandy. He's the greatest of all time, whatever." And I'm just thinking, like, "Bro, come on, like, let's get to the ring. Let's get this on," and then. You have The Fiend do this, like, you know, like, scary movie-type skit, whatever. He's walking through mirrors and a tunnel. And then we we get a, a giant jack-in-the-box, and Alexa Bliss yep. comes out to the Firefly Funhouse music, and she's, like, turning the jack-in-the-box. And here comes The Fiend. He's no longer KFC Fiend. He's the regular Fiend. And the whole time, this is what's going through my head. We've had a build. We've had a six-month build. For this match. And the payoff is Bray Wyatt coming out of a jack-in-the-box to Randy Orton who's standing there in white tights so they can have a regular <laughs> old wrestling match. This is the payoff to a six-month build where we saw Randy Orton set the Fiend on fire. We've seen Randy Orton have black gunk come out of his mouth. We've seen just so many crazy skits and stories. And the payoff is the fiend jumping off of a jack in the box to clothesline Randy Orton. I was like, "What is going on? This is bizarre." <laughs> yeah, look, I, this honestly—I mean, I was doing a watch along with best friend Brian during this. This did leave me speechless at points. I don't know how to respond because, like, yes, so Orton comes out, he does his fifteen-minute-long entrance wearing his diaper, which I found that hilarious. He was—he was wearing that. Like, he comes out in the white gear. I'm just like, bruh. Like, it, it, white's the last color you want to be wearing against the Fiend, but nonetheless. <laughs> so then Orton comes out, and then Alexa Bliss comes out to the, I'm really glad that you're our friend. She hops out there, like, you know, dresses as an 11-year-old. She comes out there, starts spinning the, the jack-in-the-box, you know, pushing it, and then, yowie-wowie, the Fiend pops out. Oh, and then Fiend's, like, posing. It's a cool moment. Like, objectively, it's cool. Yeah. It really is. And then what happens? Then what? Bray Wyatt does a strong style New Japan Puru <laughs> clothesline off the Jack in the Box onto Randy Orton, and we proceed to get a 2019 style Fiend match for five minutes. You know, I was confused. Like, I was just confused. Like this is all... it was weird. It was yeah. weird. Like like that's the issue with this storyline specifically. It's like when you have so much supernatural stuff, it's kind of hard to present a live match as something that people can really get around. And, yeah, this had the red lighting. Fiend had a, you know, a nice clean mask on. And people on Twitter were like, that's not the Fiend, that's Bo Dallas. <laughs> I'm like, Bo Dallas hasn't done anything in three years. He, he's literally with Liv Morgan buying property for a business. But nonetheless, um, people now want to see the Fiend versus the Fiend going forward. Like a, a fake Fiend versus new Fiend. Like it's Undertaker versus Undertaker at SummerSlam 94. Apparently that's what people want. God bless um, There's a whole crowd of people crying because... Apparently, the Fiend's been buried. I'm just like, this community doesn't learn. It's legit. A broken record. Fiend comes back. Fiend gets momentum. Fiend loses the match. Fiend's buried. Fiend comes back. Fiend gets momentum. Fiend loses the match. Fiend's buried. Rinse, repeat. This is the fifth time we've heard the community cry out, Oh, the Fiend's been buried, man. He's been buried 10 foot under, man. Like, this is Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's career is legitimately one big cycle of getting buried, coming back, getting buried again. That's all Bray Wyatt's career is. So... Yeah, he'll come back. He'll be fine. You know, let him in, pal. Damn it! But yeah, the match itself was bizarre. Randy on winning with one RKO. Alexa Bliss having black gunk 
you know, spraying out of her, like... Randy Orton's gun. Her, her voodoo tiara, like... <laughs> what? Like, it's just... Bruh. 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 Uh, yeah, the ending like, was confusing. I was like, like, you got Alexa Bliss coming out of the jack-in-the-box in a different character change as Sister Abigail with Randy Orton's gunk all over her face and she's reaching out to Bray Wyatt like she needs help. And then Randy Orton just, like, taps him on the shoulder, hey, pal, RKO, and then that's one, two, three. I was like, what? Like, the, I was confused the entire time. The entire whatever it was, eight to 12 minutes of the match. I was just like, like, what? Like, it started out fine <laughs> with Orton's entrance. Orton's getting cheered. He's doing his pose. Like, people are into Orton's entrance. And then it was just a downward spiral from there. Legit, this is one of those things where, like, if you really, like... Like, if you... I'm um, kind of like C, um, C Wrestling does his channel and whatnot. But if you really, like critically break down and analyze the real the real intense nuances of Bray Wyatt's career and you know the the potential you know ramifications of the story then yes maybe this is great maybe if you really want to go so you know in depth as far as this whole thing maybe it's good but the fact of the matter this is wrestling this is as low brow as it gets here's the bad guy punch him and like that's what wrestling is at its best form so you've got this whole story which has gone over six months You've got Alexa Bliss doing voodoo, Auden vomiting black gunk for literally a month. You've got The Fiend <laughs> getting burned and then coming back from under the ring with magma all over him. You've got a Kentucky Fried Fiend. It, it's just... It, it's, it's too complicated. Like, as cool as some of the visuals are, and as much as I like that WWE's trying to be creative, like, I'd much prefer to see this weird crap than watch a 15-minute random match with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on Raw. As much as I prefer this to that, it, it's too complicated. That's the problem I have with it, Kevin. Do you think it's fair? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. No, I, I'm going to kick it back to you for a second. I'll be right back. Give me 30 seconds. Yeah, so legit, I want to elaborate a bit more on this like whole Alexa Bliss thing. So Alexa Bliss, I guess the whole thing they're doing is that Alexa Bliss weakens the Fiend, and that whole ending was Alexa Bliss, her transformation had all of a sudden weakened the Fiend. Her having a, a, a voodoo tiara that was vomiting black gunk, that for some reason makes The Fiend, who was Bray Wyatt but could have been Bo Dallas or something, that makes The Fiend all of a sudden lose all of his supernatural ability. That makes The Fiend so vulnerable. So I guess what they're trying to say is that Randy Orton setting this guy alight is, you know, doesn't matter because he just comes back. And then Alexa Bliss with black voodoo gunk spraying out of her voodoo tiara that makes the fiend like numb and like just yeah that's where we're at ladies and gentlemen that is alexa bliss fiend honestly spam in the chat just do you want to see this continue where do they go from here like chat i'm throwing this to you for a second where are they going to go from here like what do you guys think like brian b you know bhb jb tokyo rock anyone in chat where do they go with this seriously where do they go because you have this whole ending where literally they're in a box. Like, they're, 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 like what can they do? The, the storyline's gone on for six months. You've got Alexa Bliss with her voodoo tiara spewing black gunk, and The Fiend is just losing to an RKO. Just end it. I mean, yeah, destroy BHB. End the storyline. Totally agree. You know, just th this is the time to end the storyline. But, yeah, nonetheless, Kevin, if you're there, I'll throw it to you, or will I continue carrying this WrestleMania review, pal? I'll be carrying it. So, yeah, literally... I don't even know. Yeah, just keep spamming in the chat. You know, everyone has lost care. Exactly, Destroyer. Like, legit, 
And I keep spamming stuff in the chat. Maybe Alexa versus The Fiend. I mean, JB, like, they do Alexa versus The Fiend. God forbid. Like, can you imagine they try that? At WrestleMania Backlash, we got Alexa Bliss versus The Fiend. Like, you, you, like people hated Bliss. Um, people hated Bliss versus Orton. People hated Orton versus The Fiend last night. You think they're going to try Alexa versus The Fiend? Like, yikes. Like, I mean, picture that one. Like, everyone who's currently listening now and you're watching this back, picture Alexa Bliss versus The Fiend. Picture that. Like, Adea. Like, picture that match. Just, what's Alexa going to do? Like, vomit vomit black gunk out of her voodoo tiara, and then The Fiend's just going to, you know, take a finger poke of doom and get pinned. You know? So, I don't even know. I don't even know. And yeah, also, we're currently, this is legit the, the real Monday Night Wars, people. We are competing against Monday Night Raw right now in the ratings. So, yeah, we've had, apparently, Corey Graves is now on Raw. We've got the Viking Raiders now back, and Lashley versus Riddle open the show. So, anything there interests you guys? Anything there makes you guys want to watch three hours of Raw every week? If it does, I mean, fair play. Uh, Dalal says, WTF was that ending. I came out so lost. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, I don't know. Even, even though I make Fiend and Alexa Bliss videos every like two days at this point, I don't have a clue. I, um, I try to articulate what happened. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Uh, Destroy Base B, nope, Raw sucks, LMAO. Well, yeah, it's, it's Raw. What do we expect? You know, like, this is the thing. I, I filmed the whole 50 Reasons Why Raw Sucks video with Kobe last week. I'm probably going to post that tomorrow. So um, okay, I guess spam, w, spam dubs in the chat if you want to see the video tomorrow. But yeah, we've got Kevin Garcia back now. I've been rambling about Fiend, Bliss, and Orton <laughs> for like five minutes. I'm sick of talking about it. Unless you want to say anything else, I think we can move on. Yeah, I'd just, I'd just say the ending was... I'm just confused with everybody else. And the ending just tells me that this storyline is going to keep going. This storyline might go a year long, bro. This this might not end until this October. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, like, literally, where can I go from here? Alexa Bliss versus The Fiend? Fiend versus Fiend? Orton Fiend Part 100? Like, it's like the storyline just ends, then Bray Wyatt, where does he go? Like, I don't know. Moving on, moving on. Um, We move on with the show, and oh, oh god, I, I want to skip this match altogether. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Natalia and Tamina for the women's tag titles in a 14-minute, 20-second match. Kevin, what was this match like live? Uh, it was. It started out boring as all hell. First, like for the first like eight minutes, this match went what thirteen minutes long. I was just the whole for the first eight or so minutes. I was just like, can we go? Can we get to the next match, please? Like, please come on. Does this match need to go thirteen minutes? But then by the end, the crowd started getting invested, and I was a little bit confused why everybody was so invested. Like people were so invested in seeing Tamina Snuka do the the Superfly sm- uh, Splash again. And I was just thinking, like, wow, this is weird. People are really invested in this. It was shocking. But then the ending was just flat. Everybody was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this girl, this MMA fighter that hardly anyone's ever heard of just won the match. Oh. <laughs> that was, like, that was the reaction. It was just, like, a big, oh, okay. <laughs> it was... Legit, this, this match, it was like a weird experiment on the human race. It's like, how much can we bore these fans... To the point where they would actively cheer for Tamina Snooker. Mm-hmm. That's legit what this match was. So we get literally a 14-minute, 20-second match. I was doing a watch-along with Brian during this. I was, like, making my Alexa Bliss fiend, like, reaction video. And I, I just wasn't watching this match. And I kept saying... I kept checking back into the network every, like, four minutes. And saying, this is still going? Why? Yeah. And this match ended up being the second longest match of the night. It was the longest match up until the main event. Mm-hmm. It just kept going and going. As if anyone wanted to see this. 
Like, like who is asking to see a fi- nearly 15-minute match between Jax and Baszler and Natalia and Tamina in 2021? Like, <laughs> it was, I was just, yeah, I was dumbfounded that this match got so much time. I was like, I was just like thinking something must have happened. Like, they must have went into business for themselves or there was a miscue or something. Like, it didn't make sense. I was just like bored. I was just bored, for lack of a better term. It was, it was not a good way to really like to break to pick people back up from the confusion that was Randy Orton and the Fiend. It was like we went to confusion and then we just went to boredom one after another. It was this this card was not properly spaced out. Yes, you know? correct. It like like just... I think with the beauty of retrospect and just generally, you open the show with like a fifteen minute Owens and Sami Zayn great match. And the big moment to start the show off hot is Logan Paul getting the stunner. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what he should do. Instead, they do the whole Randy Orton beats this unstoppable monster after one RKO because Alexa Bliss had a, a voodoo tiara spewing black gunk. It's just... It, it was. It didn't, it didn't make sense. Yeah. It was um, poorly So booked. Jackson Baszler just win. I, we're going to move on from this, um, this piss-break calamity to uh, Owens and Zayn. Unless there's anything you want to say about the women's tag belts, still. Nope. Let's talk um, about Owens and Zane. Let's just let's just move on from that. Pretend that, that that tag team match didn't happen. Yeah, let's try and get some more live viewers in the chat because literally when we when we started talking about that, we had twelve viewers. Now we have nine because of how dead that match is. So thank you, Jack Spazler and Natalia and Tamina. You've killed our live stream. But nonetheless, nonetheless, <laughs> we now move on to Owens and Zane. So this match went nine minutes. Um, Kevin, walk me through what it was like seeing this match live in attendance. It was it was good. You know, the the one thing I'll say about this, when you look at the promo package for it, you look at all the character work Sami Zayn has done, and you look at all the, like, Logan Paul being involved, for me, it felt like Sami Zayn was originally destined for something better. It, it just, it the promo package didn't make sense for it to just be like, oh, it's Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens now. Like, it felt like Kevin Owens was a plan B, and they had a plan A. I don't know what that plan A was, but it felt like there were, you know, does that make sense? Like, it felt like there was yeah. a better match for Sammy, because there was too much investment in the storyline, too much investment in the the, uh, the BuzzFeed character that is Sami Zayn, to just be like, oh yeah, we're gonna have him face Kevin Owens for no reason. Hell yeah. Like, it, I don't know, like, the, like the whole story, I watched the video packages for this on the kickoff show, like, the whole Zayn Owens story. The story, when you watch the video package, it makes sense. Like, Sami Zayn's completely gone off the rails. He's a complete just... He's lost his mind. He's just off the rails altogether. The whole conspiracy theory thing. You do the whole thing with Kevin Owens, who's been his best friend for 18 years or however long it is, and they've, they've wrestled all up and down the... You know, all up and down the United States and up and down the, the countries and the continents. And I get the story, and Owens is seeing his best friend turn into this, and he wants to have a match to beat, you know, beat him senseless and whatnot. Okay, cool. Um, but really, just, I don't know. It, it didn't have much... I don't know. The match was good for the nine minutes it got. It could have gone about 15, but they just went... They went with an eight-minute match. Was that because they didn't want Logan Paul to be bored? I don't know. But nonetheless, um, Logan Paul, I thought he, he played his role for the little role he had. I thought he, he played his role well. Oh, he, he was the highlight of this match. He overshadowed the match because people were just so interested in booing him. Like, as soon as his music hit, he's getting showered with booze. The match starts, we're getting a Logan Paul sucks chant. And then, you know, we're, people. some people are cheering, like, like let's go KO, or stun KO stun. And then you get, like, a back to the Logan Paul sucks chant. It was like all attention was on Logan Paul, and nobody really cared about Kevin Owens versus Sammy. And I know people are going to rate this match highly because it's El Generico versus Kevin Steen. 
wrestling on a WrestleMania stage. So I know people are going to rate it highly. But it was the match for the sake of having a match. But Logan Paul really overshadowed it, especially yeah. after, the, after the match ended. Kevin Owens gets the big win. People are going crazy. He conquers the crazy heel, Sami Zayn. And then Logan Paul pushes Sami Zayn after he tries to console him. And then we get the big moment. Logan Paul tries to shake Kevin Owens' hand. Kevin Owens stuns him. And I'm just I'm watching that like, yeah, it's a great moment. It's going to go viral. It's Logan Paul. Logan Paul is a big celebrity. This moment is going to go viral no matter what. But I'm just looking at it. I'm like, how original is that? You got Kevin Owens stunning. You got, you know, that Stone Cold's move. Like, why didn't he do the pop-up powerbomb? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Like, this, yeah, the, the stunner bit was good. Um, I thought that was fun. The like Logan Paul... I see people being like, oh, we should get Logan Paul versus KSI and WWE. I'm just like, no. if you actually follow that YouTube stuff, there's no, there's nothing there. So people are begging for that. I don't even know. No, people, a lot of people hate the polls. I mean, fair enough. But Logan Paul is infinitely better than Jake. For like, There's objectively facts. Like, Jake is just, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I thought the Sunner spot was good. Owen's got a good pop. Uh, you got some good views on YouTube from it. So all around, I thought it was good, just generally. Yeah, um, no, it was fine. It wasn't bad or anything. It, it just, for me, it wasn't my cup of tea. Like, I just wasn't into it really all that much. You know, like, it, I don't know. It was just, like I said, a, a match for the sake of having a good match. But, yeah, it, I mean, the the moment was good with Logan Paul. Good WrestleMania moment. Good Sports Center moment, pal. So, yeah, that, oh, I mean, God, yeah. that's really all it was. But Logan Paul overshadowed yeah. the match, unfortunately. Yep, and now do you want to move on to the, uh, the U.S. title match, Kevin? Where uh, you had your favorite original bro, Matt Riddle, take on... Uh... The Celtic Warrior loves a fat Maggle. Oh, he's Irish Maggle. <laughs> wait, wait. literally on the kickoff show for night two. I lit- literally, he says, Oh, I swear that a whole country of Ireland could join the ABA. They all love drinking. They all love to fat. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Like, uh, he literally said that. I, I forbade him. I, I'm not making this up. He said that the, literally the country of Ireland just loves to fight. Like, <laughs> bruh. Hello, JV. Um, God bless him. Yeah, we get Matt yeah. Riddle versus Sheamus, and this was another, it was like, Sheamus had one of the better entrances of the night. People are super hyped to see Sheamus. He's a guy that people recognize. Uh, his entrance always delivers. I love Sheamus' entrance. Uh, underrated entrance. Uh, it's, it's really cool seeing it live, too. And he comes out, and then you got Matt Riddle, like, well, hold on, let me just say, you got this Irish man coming out with an orange mohawk, big beard, Looks like he could kick anyone in the crowd's ass. Like, literally, he looks like he could beat up the entire crowd in one fight in, like, 20 minutes. He could just fight all 25,000 people. And then you have a professional MMA fighter coming out with his music. Everybody's going, bro, bro, bro. And he's riding down to the ring on a scooter. And I'm watching this just like, really? Like, really? (laughs) Is this his gimmick now? And birds came out of his backside again. They had to do that. Really? Um, Yeah, legit. It was like... Oh, they didn't show that in the the arena. He got into the ring, he like he put his scooter down or whatever, and then they did the whole graphic where just giant birds flew flew at you, like like these animated birds. I'm just like, what is this? You know, it just come on, come on. I know, like, and, and and I saw people praising this match, like, oh, this was a great match. Like, yeah, they they had a physical match, but a great match. Like, we're gonna say great, no. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable, but I mean, if you're saying it's a great match, I mean. If this was great, what adjective are you describing Michaels and Taker at WrestleMania 25 with? I mean, exactly. Honestly, like, yeah. it was it was it was a good match. It was physical, entertaining. The the spot with the bro kick at the end, I thought it was really good. I thought Sheamus winning. I liked it. I think Sheamus deserves something to kind of you know reward him for his great work in the past like couple months. The Drew McIntyre feud. Now this. 
it, it's good. It's good. He has the title. Matt Riddle. Oh, sorry, Riddle. He has the US title because they had to get the belt off Lashley so Lashley could go become WWE champion. That's why Riddle was the US champion to begin with. So having Sheamus take the title off him, that's good. Where they go from here, maybe they do Sheamus versus Drew for the US title. I don't know. Sheamus versus... Take your pick of mid-carders in, on Raw. I mean, there's hardly any. Yeah, so. whoever. Damian yeah. Priest, whoever you want to give him. Like it, it, um, yeah, I, I was just... I was so confused having Riddle's entrance be him riding on a scooter. Like, like really? Like, that's what we're doing at WrestleMania? He's riding on a... I, I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't... That took away from the match for me. Just the, the sheer facts that he came out with a scooter. I'm like, bro, come on. Come on, bro. Got my scooter. Bro, bro, Got my bro, scooter, bro. bro. And then they're showing know, the... Bro. They're, they're showing the, like, the replay package for this. You know, the, the hype package. I'm like, does this match really need a hype package? Does this does a United yeah. States Championship match in the middle of the card? Did we really have to see a recap of Sh- of Sheamus and Riddle like fighting over a scooter and then Sheamus clocking Matt Riddle with a scooter? Did we really have to be reminded of that? Yeah. Why do we need to see that? Like, why do we need like video packages for every match? And yet the Nigerian drum fight goes for six minutes. Why do we? Uh, th- I didn't get it. I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But. It didn't. Yeah, I, know. I, I think. With that being said, do you want to, do you want to move on to the drum fight, or is there anything else you want to say about everyone's favorite original bro versus the Celtic Warrior? <laughs> no, no, I'll try. I'll go into the 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 drum match. So you have, I think why why I didn't get enough time is because of the the performance by Wale, you know, and then like yeah, they had the performance for Rhea Ripley too. So you had two performances back to back that kind of ate into the time. That didn't help, but and then they also showed the Bad Bunny commercial that took a lot of time too because like they came out. After the Sheamus Riddle match, they came out. They started setting up the stage. That took like I don't know, maybe like five minutes for them to set up the stage for Wale to sing. And then it was like we're getting this big commercial for Bad Bunny announcing his return to touring, which is awesome. And then we're going right from there to Wale performing. It was just a lot happening in not enough time. And then you know it was just like we're getting another hype package for this with Big E. I don't know if they showed this on on the network, but it was like a hype package of Big E standing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium, being like, "Oh, this is hometown." This is home for me. Yeah, this is where I yeah, grew up. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, like it was just, it was, it was bizarre. It was like this personal feud, and then we're getting a hype package of Biggie standing by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium yeah. crying. It, I don't know. There's <laughs> another one where I was just confused. Like, so I don't know. It just didn't click, bro. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, the match itself was just. It was literally to sum up really quickly. Six minutes of these guys hitting each other with kendo sticks, yep. and you know, literally going at it, and then. We have Apollo Cruz's soldier, Dalbacato, shows up and then literally like choke slams Big E or whatever movie hit. He took down Big E and then Cruz just pinned him. Yeah, the crowd um, went mild for that too. I had people asking me, like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, it was like, I, I felt that was just weird. Like, what? This is really that, how we're going to end that it. Is, that is uh, the uh, Dalba uh, Kato there, John. He was seen in uh, Raw uh, Underground. There, <laughs> he loves to fight. <laughs> ah, ball game. Yeah, that was like, strange. You have Dalba Kato, somebody who hardly anyone in the building knew who he was, help Apollo Crews win. And then it's just like, all right, on to the next match. <laughs> Forget this even happened. Literally. <laughs> it was so Literally. bizarre. The match was so short. They have this feud where Apollo Crews puts Big E in a stretcher when he drops the steps on his calf. And the payoff is a <laughs> six-minute match at WrestleMania where they have drums at ringside. The drums didn't even come into play. They called it a Nigerian drum match. And the drums are just sitting there at ringside while Apollo Crews smashes Big E and breaks a, a kendo stick on his shoulder. And I'm just like, what is the point of having the drums out there? 
Now, the best part of this whole drum, the, the whole best thing was on the kickoff show, we had literally the whole panels there. You get Sonya Deville on there to try and preview the drum fight. And then she's like, look, I don't quite know. The only person who knows you know, the rules of the drum fights uh, Apollo Crews. This is his... This is his wheelhouse. And Booker T's like, oh, man, I know something or a thing or two about the drums. Like, we have Booker T, you know, doing this, like, five-minute monologue about how, you know, he, he knows he knows what, you know, he knows the life of, you know, Big E and Cree. Like, Big E, like, and then Booker T is, like, you know, going on and on. And then I forget who it was. I think it was JBL was like, ah, hey, you're the only one here who can say this, Booker. I'm like, it's oh just, my God. oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so it, bad. It was so cringe. Because you can tell that, that everyone on the panel, it was such an awkward dynamic. It was like Booker T is a guy who, like, the main storyline he's remembered for in WWE was him being racially abused by Triple H for two months and then being buried. And then this is the same Booker T who nowadays is on kickoff panels where he's, you know, talking about, you know, black history and, you know, what these guys, you know, their thought process and et cetera, et cetera. And then everyone else on the panel is too afraid to say absolutely anything because they'll be cancelled and labelled as racist for just saying anything. So that happened on the kickoff show. <laughs> That's so pretty, bad. I'm glad I missed pretty that. Pretty non-eventful. But it, was just, it was Booker T going on about the, the meaning of the drums and all this. And everyone was like, oh, yes, Booker, thank you for your insight. We, we can't add anything else or we'll be seen as racist. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh that was the kickoff. And then the match was just Darbicado choke slamming big eye. Um, Big A. Okay. Yeah, the, the match okay. was fun. The match was fun for what it was, though. They got, only got six minutes, but they made it fun. The ending was the ending was what it was, but the match itself was fun. Apollo's Intercontinental Champion, I'm happy I'm, I'm happy to see where he goes with it next. Yeah, it's going to be good, because people, like people on Twitter were like, oh, well, well, now that Big E's got rid of the IC title, he can move on to this. This match is his, and there's a picture of the main bank briefcase, and then the people getting in full thread long like fights saying no Cesaro should win money in the back no Big E should win no Damien no. Priest should win Alistair Black should win Nakamura should win like these whole big fights over money in the bank it's like okay settle down breathe go outside go have some fun in a way that's not just crying on Twitter so yeah that that being said <laughs> we move on that, unless there's anything you want to say about the drum fight still no um, no we covered it we covered it in full now we can move on to our Ray Ripley vs. Oscar. Now, before you say anything, Kevin, I just want to recap the build for this one really quick. Oh, yeah, the build is Ray Ripley two weeks before WrestleMania saying, Oscar, oh, I'm ready for you, Oscar. I want to beat the crap out of you, WrestleMania, Oscar, and take your Raw Women's Championship, Oscar. I'm from South Australia, Oscar. Oh, I'm ready for you, Oscar. That was the build. Um, the match itself, I mean, the performance, mm. what, what was the musical performance of Ray Ripley's Amazing. theme like live? Amazing. It was amazing. Really? Yes. I've heard people crap on it. On wow, okay. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I really did. It okay. was. It was so cool. There was so much fire and pyro, and you got. I don't even know her name. The lead singer of that band screaming her ass off. I. I, I loved it. I commended it. Interesting, because like I like I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. Twitter. I mean, Twitter's Twitter. Like yeah. we know what Twitter's like, but like Twitter is like ninety percent hating it. My ears were like bleeding. I think, granted, the fact that, like, you know, in attendance, the pyro show and all that would have made it that much, like, like a legitimate, like, cool act. Yes. But just, just literally just hearing it, it was... Ugh, oh, yeah, yeah. I could imagine, like, because like, I wasn't focusing as much on her singing. I was looking at the pyro. I was looking at, like, the, when Rhea Ripley came out, did her stomp and the fire, came, like, just was shooting out of the rocket, I mean, out of the ship. It was yeah, that the whole, it was the spectacle really. The musical performance was what it was. You know, it, it was it was all right. Uh, Rhea Ripley was super over in the in the 
amongst the audience. People were really into her. Like they were doing her pose and screaming, and yeah, it was crazy. I liked it. I thought the I loved it. I should say I thought the the musical performance and the whole the whole whatever was really cool. It was a cool spectacle. Um, but I will say this about the well, match. We're seeing the match. We're seeing the match. Yeah, I'll say this about the match. So you have Rhea Ripley come out, and you have you, she gets this big performance. Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley's done really nothing on the grand scheme of things. When you look at the grand scheme of things, she's like a NXT champion, not really a memorable run. She's a Mae Young Classic winner, I believe. Um, she's an NXT Women's UK champion, but eh, nothing really memorable. You have Asuka, who had this undefeated streak in NXT. She had like, this countless WrestleMania matches against Charlotte and, and whoever, Becky Lynch, whoever that she's wrestled at WrestleMania. And then... Rhea Ripley gets his massive entrance, and Asuka's big entrance is her fanning herself. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, like you could tell that Asuka did not care about this match. She was just like, Vince was like, oh, you're going to lose. And Asuka was like, nope, nope, I'm not even going to try. I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll lose, but I'm not even going to try. It just really looked like Asuka phoned it in and went through the motions. It, it was it was evident. This match was a big letdown. It was it really wasn't good. It, it was, As bad as it came across on TV from what I saw from a lot of people's feedback... It was even worse live. It it just, yeah. All I can say yeah. is it looked like Oscar phoned it in. Yeah, I, I just didn't care. I, I'd be lying if I said I watched most of this. The bits I saw, I was just bored. It's like, I, I clearly the whole thing was okay. Oscar, you've been the champion for like what eight months now. Like, you're gonna drop the belt to Rhea. Rhea's our like next big thing as far as the Raw Women's Division. Uh, you're gonna lose the belt. The match can go 13 minutes. Go and have a match. And Oscar was like, okay. And then went out, did a bit. She's a professional. She you know, dropped the belt to Rhea. Match was kind of dead. Like the, 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 my whole thing during this match, Brian knows this. Like I was literally just saying, can we start the main event already? I don't care. Me too. Just get, get, give Rhea the belt. Let's get our tribal god. Let's get Ray, the right last superstar. Let's get our Starbucks employee out there. Let's get the WrestleMania main event going. So, yeah, yeah that, I think that, that's, what anything- I, that's what I was saying too. I was just like, please, like I just want to see Roman and Edge already. For the love of God. We've limped. It was like limping to the finish line with this with night two. Whereas night one, you're invested in every match. Night two was just like limping through the finish line. We're limping through Apollo and and Biggie. We're limping through Asuka and Rhea just so because we know Rhea's gonna win, get her big WrestleMania moment. But like, what my thing is, where do we go from here with Rhea? She gets this big WrestleMania moment. She beats Asuka. How big of a deal is beating Asuka? I don't know. People seem to be behind her. They like her Rhea. But where do we go from here? Charlotte comes out and is like, oh, I'm the queen. I'm going to beat you. And then Asuka's like, oh. I mean, then Rhea Ripley's like, oh, well, you can fight me. And then Charlotte's going to beat her two months later? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the issue with... Because um, what they did with the women at WrestleMania, essentially, they, they ripped off the whole Cena and Batista at the Rumble 05. And then, like, they have that one... Like, they have that close finish at the end of the Rumble. And then at WrestleMania, they both win the world titles. They essentially did that with the women... With Belair and Rhea Ripley, who were like the last two in the Women's Rumble, they both won titles. They're both like the, the future of the Women's Division. But the thing is, like, where to? I mean, you mentioned it with Rhea. It's the same thing with Belair. Where to for both of them? Like, is there, like, what are they going to do? Like, that's my biggest question with the women's titles. That's my main takeaway from that. Um, well, that, that's yeah, your, yeah. your favorite wrestler <laughs> won. So you should be thrilled. Like, this was your highlight of the night, of both nights, right? So for the main event, we had Randy Orton. Not Randy. We had Roman Reigns and Edge. Um, this thing, really damn good stuff. Um, this triple threat match. I think I want to start off. I'll quickly make a point about entrances, and then I'll get your point. So I'm watching this just on the network. I see Daniel Bryan 
walk out, his music hits, he walks out wearing a women's sweater, <laughs> oh he, does, uh, he does a mid-yes chant, and he walks down the aisle, and he gets a, a, a what seemed like a mid-reaction. Is that fair? It wasn't mid. It, most people were doing the yes chant. It was... Okay. It was big. Okay, it came off mid to make damn it. Yeah, it, so it looked it looks happened. it looked mid because there's like half like a quarter of the stadium's full, but I would say like eighty yeah. percent of the people were doing the yes chant. There was like one guy that was drunk in front of me that was doing the no chant, <laughs> which which was hilarious. And I was doing it yeah. too, and I kept getting dirty looks because I was doing the no chant too. So it was like, yeah, whatever. Right. But yeah, Danny Bryan. Okay. I, I liked his entrance. Um, I thought it was cool. Aside from him wearing a sweater, like it was cool to see Danny Bryan again in front of a crowd. It was awesome. Yep. And then, then we get Edge. Edge, I mean, you, you walk me through this one, Kevin. Edge's music hits. Just he's a rock star. What's this like? He's a rock star. That's all I can say. He's a rock star. He's got the best theme music in WWE history. He got the smoke. He's running like a madman. I, I was sitting on the corner where he runs, and he hypes up the crowd. So I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Like, the kid in me was like, oh, my God. I'm, like, sitting on the corner where Edge is running, like, running towards. This is so badass. I never thought I'd ever get to see this. If you would have told me in, like, 2015 that I would be sitting at a WrestleMania six years later with Edge making his live entrance in the main event of WrestleMania, I would have been like, no, nah, no way. You know, it was it was cool. It was a cool moment to see Edge's entrance. Best entrance of the night, bar none. N- nothing will top Edge's entrance ever. Um, so underrated all time. He does his pose. Yeah. The fireworks go off. And then a bunch of smoke. I was, like, choking. Oh, there was so much smoke in the wow. air. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But, yeah, awesome entrance. <clears throat> oh, it was phenomenal. Like, because that was the big thing I was saying. So, literally, Brian just walks out in a women's sweater. He just walks the ring, does a bit of a yes chant. And then the next entrance is leg- legitimately, as you say, a rock star entrance. You've got Metalingus playing. You've got Edge rushing from corner to corner, hyping the crowd up. He, like, you can tell... The amount of passion Edge has, like I found this when I was like rewatching his like the Second Mountain documentary, and I was making my video on him. Just like the, the amount of love this guy has for professional wrestling is mm-hmm. insane. So to see how amped and how excited he was, just genuine excitement, so sick. You know, you fireworks going off. He's got the you know the white attire. It, the whole thing was sick. Like I was marking out at this point. Like this oh, was dope. Me too, man. This was so sick. The, the kid then, in me was going crazy. I just I couldn't hold it in. The kid in me was just going crazy for Edge's entrance. It's it's a spectacle seeing it in person. I can't describe it. Oh, it was amazing. And then, yeah, Edge is in the ring. You've got Brian standing in the ring. And then we have <laughs> Rangers Ed- music. JD said Edge got pipe cheers. That's false. I can attest to that, that that is false. That's what. That, that's legit. It's the same thing as, like, Meltzer, uh, all these people. It's just the narratives you see that come out of WrestleMania, which are just false. Like, no, nah, yeah. nonetheless, nonetheless. Go ahead. Um... Anyway, so yeah, we get Edge staying in the ring. Crowd is just up and about. Crowd's loving Edge. Just Edge is awesome. And then Reigns' music hit, which there were, there were rumors throughout the day that Reigns would debut new theme music. He didn't, and I don't think he should have, to be honest. So yeah, Reigns comes out. What's this like? What, what's a tribal chief entrance like? Oh live? my god! Did, did did they show the smoke in the crowd? Did they show that? No, you, you could tell it was smoky. Uh, yeah, so there's like all this smoke. So Roman's music hits, and they're waiting for the smoke to clear before they send Roman out, because they're all, like, choking, dying of smoke. And it just builds up the anticipation more. It was like... It did. It did very well, yeah. It did. And then, like, Roman finally walks out. And I thought Roman was going to get cheered. I was wrong. Roman was booed out of the building. You know, like, he... Yeah, he got booed. I was was happy to see it. I'm like, this is what is supposed to happen. I thought heel Roman was going to get cheered. But no, he's... 
such a damn good heel that people people wanted to hate him when he was this happy-go-lucky babyface, and now they have a reason to hate him, and it's even sweeter to see that reaction. I was, I was it was great. You know, my my girl was cheering for him though. She was like the only person in my section cheering for him, um, and it was you wow. know. Uh, it was great. It was great to see Roman get that that reaction. But seeing a Roman Reigns entrance live too is another one where it's like, wow, this is special, you know. Like like uh, I put that clip up on Twitter where I had people with their cameras rushing to see Roman. Like even though Roman's getting booed, he's still the biggest star in WWE. It's another rock star. All cameras are on him. The spotlight is on him. You could tell why he is the head of the table. Like it's not a gimmick. This dude is the real head of the table in WWE, and he's just a he's a rock star. He's a superstar. It was an awesome entrance. I re- like I can't, yeah. another one I can't put in the words. The fireworks, the pyro. He's walking with Paul Heyman and Jey Uso. They got the the flowers on. Oh, it was right. great! Like great presentation. That whole thing. Man. I mean, you mentioned you gave the rationale for why, but like when there's like the smoke, I guess they're like they're waiting for that. But it it made the anticipation of it so much more sick. Yes. Like you've got Edge and Brian in the ring. Edge is like all amped up, excited. Brian's just kind of sitting in the corner with his women's sweater on, and then like they're doing the whole thing. <laughs> And then Reigns' music hits, and it's gone for like 10, 15 seconds. At least it felt that way. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, you know, they're, they're showing Edge, they're showing Brian. When's Reigns coming out? The tribal mm-hmm. god's making them wait. He's playing on his terms. Then eventually, Reigns walks out. He gets the negative reaction. He gets the booze. Like, it, it was great because when I'm watching the match, you know, I, I'm heavily entertained. I want to see Reigns get beat up. I want to see Edge beat him. I, I, it, it was what wrestling should be. It's not me thinking, oh, well, he's a great, he's a great heel. I'm going to cheer him. And the crowd didn't do that either. The crowd, as you say, was booing this guy the way they should. It was glorious. The whole, everything about this match was just glorious. You know? Yes. It, the, the three-man dynamic worked so well because you had three guys that everybody is invested in. There was a portion of the crowd that wanted Daniel Bryan to win. There was a small minority of the crowd that wanted Roman to win. But majority wanted him to lose. And I would say maybe seventy percent of the crowd wanted Edge to win. Edge was the Edge was the babyface in the match, and he he picked up on it real quick, and he worked the match as a babyface. And the whole thing just came off so great. It was it, it was really oh, good. Like you. I love the spot when the the bell rings, Roman goes right for Brian, takes Brian out. We get a little bit of Roman and Edge stuff. Um, I was on my heels the whole match. It was just spectacular, man. What can I say? There was one false finish where Edge hit the spear. On Brian, I believe it was, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he has to spear on yeah. Brian. We get the one, two, three. I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, this is it. This ma- it, The match had been going on, like, what, 12 minutes already? Whatever it was, 10 minutes. And they got me. I thought it was over. You know, the, the ref didn't count the three. I thought Edge was going to win. But nah, man, Brian kicked out. Oh, my God. that was uh, th- This match was worth the price of admission for night two. This was like, night two, I don't want to say it was a one-match show, but <laughs> it was a one-match show, you know. It was... Well, legit, that match, was. it was like the most... It was the most, like, I've enjoyed watching a wrestling match. I, I can't even remember. It's like, watching that live was just so much fun. Like, that's the best way. I was thoroughly sports entertained, you yes. know? Like, seeing how they booked it, the, the wrestlers involved, I had a genuine emotional investment in all of them. Brian, I didn't want to see him win. He doesn't deserve to win. He shouldn't win. I want to see him get beaten up by people. Edge. I, I need to see him win. His story's amazing. Ten years to the day after he retired, yep. yeah, he'd be a perfect winner. And then Roman Reigns, the, the tribal god constant in it all. It, it just it, You're invested in everyone. The match was great. They worked it really well. It was the WrestleMania main event. It was just... It, it was epic. You know, like, I, I had so much fun watching it, which I, I can't thank those guys in WWE enough for like putting on what they did with that, that match. 
Like, I, as much as I slated Brian for, like, months in the build-up, on the night, it, it was just fun. Like, you know, like Brian can attest this when I was doing the watch-along. At the beginning of the match, when Jey Uso, like, pulled Brian out and super-kicked him and, you know, super-kicked Brian, like, three different times, I was marking out. I was loving it. Like, it's, just, it's so much fun, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was good pro wrestling. I'm, I'm glad they made it a triple threat match. The dynamic really worked out. I'm actually glad in hindsight. Like, I love one-on-one matches, but I don't know if Roman and Edge would have had the same luster or the same juice that the triple threat match had. There's nothing like when you have three guys that everybody's invested in. Um, the build oh, yeah, up, it made know. the drama. It made the drama so much more like intense. Because then, because when you have Brian in there, as I just said, like myself and a lot of people just didn't want to see Brian win because he doesn't deserve it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've covered this at nauseum. So when you have Brian getting a near fall, or when like Edge has the cross face locked in on Roman Reigns, and Reigns his hands like about to tap, and then Brian puts his hand to stop Reigns from tapping. Or when you know, Edge is about to pin Roman Reigns, he like spears him. You think, oh my god, this is the end of the match. We're like 17 minutes in, Edge is going to win the world title. It's like one, two, at like two and three quarters, the referee gets pulled out, and it's it's revealed that Brian on his last legs pulled the ref out. And I legitimately nearly broke my computer. I was like pissed off. I'm like, damn you, Brian! <laughs> like I was, I was angry. That was the I was moment like, that got I was, edges, I was like, I was invested for the right reasons. Which I, I had so much fun being invested in that way. Yeah, I felt like I was like nine again. It was great. Yes, like yes, the kid in me came out too in that one, big time. Yeah, that's what it was. Brian pulled out the ref, a heel move. I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, "You dog, Brian." <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> it worked. It worked. Brian got people, the right people to hate him. Um, yeah, I was another one. I was shocked by the ending, but when they brought out the chairs, I was like, "Oh, here we go. Business is picking up." Edge does the concerto to Brian. He's going to do it to Roman. Jey Uso comes in. Edge beats up Jey Uso. Gives Roman enough time to spear Edge. And before you oh. know it, that's it. He hits the concerto on Edge and he pins both of them. I'm just like, wow, what a match. That was a wild roller coaster ride of a match. That was one of the best matches I've seen live. I'm glad I got to see it, man. It was worth the wait. It was worth the limping through the undercard. Uh, it was worth everything. Just that one match. It made the entire show. The best match of both nights, I, I would say. No debate. It was, it was the best match of the week. And just, like, generally speaking, like, what these guys were able to do, I think I was disappointed for the right reasons that Edge didn't win. Because when you really think about it, Reigns winning is the, the, is, is the correct decision. Okay, th- this is the guy who's supposed to be, I mean, as you say, he is, you know, as far as full-time guy, guys go, he's the only, like, rock star, true, head of the table, like, you know, best wrestler they have. He's, like, the superstar. So having him win in that way in the main event of a Wrestlemania that needed to happen because you look at Roman Reigns at Wrestlemania the supposed top guy of this era and he's had literally no success which people have liked like he he won at 32 versus Triple H no one really cared 33 beat The Undertaker everyone hated that 34 he lost to Brock that was a mess 35 was his like comeback and a match against Drew on the undercard 36 he wasn't there so this match it was needed to have Roman Reigns the biggest star of this era having such a big moment. The guy who's carried WWE for the last eight months on his back, basically by himself, having such a great moment. So I can't say enough good things about this match, Kevin. It was just damn good. Like, yeah. This is what you watch wrestling for. When you, know, when yes. you think about it, this is what people watch wrestling. This is what it's supposed to be. This is wrestling at its best. Uh, hats off to all three guys involved. It was damn good. I left the building feeling entertained, thoroughly entertained. I was happy. Um... Yeah, it, they could have had, they could have done the big moment had Edge win, but where True. do you go from there? You have Roman beat him at the next pay per view, take the belt back. I don't know. 
Yeah. I'm curious to see what they do with Roman. His reign is clearly going to keep going, and he's finally found his stride, and he's now becoming what WWE envisioned him to become back in 2016 when he beat Triple H. If if Reigns was like this in this tribal chief role, and he'd been like, you know, like this in 2015, from like then on, I mean, God knows where the company would be. Like, it's such a he's such a great top guy that the way they're booking him as a top guy for like four years was so bad. Like, I don't know. It's just watching Reigns Santor to close WrestleMania. I was I was angry in the best possible way. I was angry because I wanted to see Edge, the babyface, have this great moment. The, the you know the, the evil hill Roman Reigns he he's, you know, did what he said he'd do on SmackDown he stacked him he pinned him he stood tall because he's the tribal chief he's the head of the table he did everything he said he would because he's Roman Reigns I, I was angry at that I want to see someone beat Roman Reigns because Reigns beat Edge so I wanted to see win so in that regard this main event did everything it needed to do it capped off what was a like damn good WrestleMania's night one and two night one especially but just generally WrestleMania weekend it was a blast Kevin. It must have been awesome being there just straight up. It was awesome. Awesome. Legit. Mm. Yeah, it was awesome. What can I say? It was great. A good live experience. Um, great first experience for the first time in a year having wrestling, having fans. And I, I was supposed to go to WrestleMania 36 last year. So I'm glad I got to go to both nights to make up for the lack of not going last year. And I'm happy with the way it turned out. I got a great show. You know, it was like, is this a top 10 WrestleMania of all time? Probably not. Uh. Yeah. You know, probably not. In totality, if you put both cards together, is this a top 15 WrestleMania? Maybe. You know, I think that's fair. Top 15, you can make yeah. the argument. Uh, it was really good. Above average, really good WrestleMania. It wasn't great. It's not WrestleMania 17. It's not 19. It's not 21. It's not, you know, 6. It, but it was a really good WrestleMania. And top to bottom, yeah, top to bottom, it was really also, fun. Kevin, you mentioned you mentioned 21 there. Now, I mentioned that Cena-Batista kind of comparison before with um Bianca yeah. and Rhea. Like, I think this show, 37, like, the legacy of 37, it'll be looked back upon, ideally, as a show which was incredibly significant as far as setting down the future of the company. Like, this show, yes. like, one of the things, we, it was t- publicized a lot in the build-up, no Undertaker, no Cena, mm-hmm. no Triple H, no Brock, all the guys who WB had used for literally the whole, we'll call it the network era, to sell WrestleMania, mm-hmm. all these guys weren't there. So they really had to put stock into the guys and gals who'd be carrying the company going forward to really drive home this WrestleMania. And I think everyone did a damn good job. Like, yes, the women's tag matches weren't the best. Okay, sure. The the Owens and Zayn match could have gone five more minutes. The the Fiend Orton match had a weird kind of just story in general. Like there's a bunch of like you know nitpicks you can make for sure. But I think generally speaking, this WrestleMania is gonna be incredibly significant long term. As far as Bianca Belair being crowned as a star, as far as Damian Priest having such a great moment with Bad Bunny, Braun Strowman potentially getting back on track of his career, Omos winning the tag titles in a WrestleMania debut that put him over, Cesaro having the big moment that his career's been leading up to, Lashley really coronating him as a big star. I mean, you just look right across the board, Kevin. Like, just Apollo Crews, IC champion, Rhea Ripley, Roman Reigns, like... As a show, incredibly significant. That's what I feel like. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It was big. It was instrumental in terms of building WWE and looking to what's next on the horizon. You know, and then you're looking at, like you said, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, cornerstones of the women's division. And then as soon as Charlotte Flair is asked to put one of them over, she's going to walk out and go to AEW. You know, so nah. <laughs> <laughs> had to throw that in there. But 
Yeah, the women, no. th- those are two cornerstones of the women's division. Sasha Banks too is still young. Like she's still, I think she's younger than Bianca Belair, so she's going to be around. You know, and uh, Damian Priest, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. Apollo, Big E, big things are to come for those two guys. Um, and I'll say this: I think if you shave this card down, if you take the entire night one, actually not the entire night one, you take six of the seven matches, take out the women's turmoil match, and then you add, you know, you just put Apollo. You put Roman, Edge, and Brian, and you put Rhea Ripley and Asuka, and you make a nine-match card out of that, and you have that on one night. That is a WrestleMania that could potentially be in the conversation for an all-time great WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, like, also one one of the other good things about this show is that, and I kind of mentioned it just there with, like, the, the part-timers, but the, the issue with the WrestleManias, like, one of the biggest issues and why WrestleMania is basically, like, 32 through 36, I mean... Th- th- the main issue with them is that they were so part-time reliant, and then the shows were too long. And going back to the part-timers, the issue with that would be, come the night after Mania, come two weeks after Mania, two months, four months, when those guys aren't there, the, 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 the current, the now in the company, doesn't feel anywhere near as important. Whereas with this, WrestleMania 37, we got a really good weekend of wrestling, and most of the outcomes, just about all of them, put over guys and gals who are going to be the now put over the people who are going to be the main event scene on raw and smackdown and in that regard wrestlemania was a big success so overall my final thoughts i thought wrestlemania 37 despite the god-awful build wwe the priorities were there the execution was there bad bunny hats off to him they incorporated celebrities well with bunny and logan paul they put over the future of the company well the wrestlemania main events delivered the night two one especially the, the match I've enjoyed most watching in wrestling just in years. That, those are my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think overall, I just I close with this. This WrestleMania on paper, a lot of people were saying this is going this is going to be one of the worst WrestleManias, right? A lot of people were saying that. I think we saw yeah. like the, the criticism, but this WrestleMania over delivered. I don't know if it was a combination of just a thirst for live live wrestling in front of a live audience. And good pyro and good entrances, or I don't know what it was. You know, I don't know what what it was, but something about this WrestleMania was better than it was supposed to be, and I'm glad, I'm thankful for it. It was really good, and yeah, we're gonna talk about this WrestleMania similar to how we talk about 21, where we're gonna look back and we're gonna be like, oh, this is where when Bianca Belair is going in the Hall of Fame, we're gonna have JBL screaming, ah, she's a, she made herself a star at WrestleMania 37. Sure. Like WrestleMania 37 is gonna be critical for the next whatever, 10 to 15 years of WWE. And it, it was an amazing show, I think, overall. Oh, for sure. So, I think with that being said, thank you guys, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, generally speaking, this show, all around, a bunch of fun. The Super Show itself, it's been great to have, you know, a consistent, legit between 10 and, like, 15 people listening to us a day after the show talk about it for two hours, which, that really means a lot to us, so... Yeah, that being said, oh, thank you guys for watching. The thank Miz just in. kissed Maurice. Why are you guys telling me this, bro? Nobody wants to see this, bro. Yeah, we, we've got tuned into Raw, pal. Apparently, the Viking Raiders are on Raw. We've got Corey Graves now commentating Raw. They've got a new voice to the show. Miz just kissed Maurice backstage. Like, oh, Raiders, yeah, pal. Yeah, we got to tease the. Vas- we got to get ready for the vasectomy of Mike Mazanin. I'm telling you guys right now, we're gonna get a review of that. If we do actually get the vasectomy of Mike Mazanin, I'm going to review that. On my channel, the after. vasectomy of the Miz. That that is views. Like, if you want to see the vasectomy of the Miz, spam dubs in the chat. Okay, spam <laughs> Ws. I just think Kevin 
Kevin reviewing the vasectomy of the Miz is going to be more must see than anything he's done in his entire career. So, yeah. I'm the, the A-lister. The vasectomy, pal. We need the it's vasectomy the of the Miz, pal. It's the vasectomy, pal. The moneymaker. The moneymaker. Oh, my Dude. God. Yeah, he's getting the W's in the chat. Yeah, big shout out. Raid Love BFB, Tokyo Rockstar, JB Bands, Destroy BHB, Anthony, like all the guys who rock with the chat for literally the whole two hours. Massive shout out to you. That just without you guys supporting our show, I mean, we, we wouldn't really be able to do this. So yeah, thank you guys a ton. Hit the like button if you haven't already. We've got what, eleven? So get some more likes. Get the likes up, people. Damn it, pal. You know. Let's get it. Get the likes, hit that sub button. We we should get to two hundred subscribers by like Smackdown later this week, bro. We can get there. I'll, we'll try and do it by... Uh, mm, depends how proactive we want to be as far as promoting it, but yeah, we'll see. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Like, comment, sub, all that kind of stuff. Any closing words? I'm going to peace out, so... No, we're yeah. out of here. <laughs>